0: Welcome to Ria Radio, episode number 26 with Drew Zaruba. Zaruba, 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 Jamaica.
1: Mama. Mama I wanna take, take
0: no. Come a... on, pretty mama.
1: He's probably never heard of that song because he's just a young pup. We actually have been piping that song into the green room just to get us pumped up, man.
0: We're ready for this. You're listening to real Radio, the nationally trusted name in real estate investing. We dig deep to discover investors' why in real estate. If you want to skip all the BS and get an investors' heads, you're in the right spot. Be one of the thousands to check out RiaRadio.com. Welcome to Rio Radio, episode number 26 with... Droba. Man, that was that was good. A little harmonizing. Nice. High, High five. five. We should like start our own little like videos, maybe music videos. We can do just like the, the parts of the songs that we yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know if that'll get off the ground. You maybe don't think we so?
1: Should, <laughs> we should just stick to our knitting here, I think. <laughs> our knitting is podcasting. Is yeah. I, I think so. I think we've arrived. We've hit the
0: 25. Now we're in 26. Just twenty six episodes. Do you, do you just concept about how many hours of of product that we put out there? You've sat in a room with me now for <laughs> over
1: thirty hours. That's a, a lot. A talking. It's my favorite time of time of the day, time of the week. I mean, we love we, being here. With some you, buddy. people,
0: some people look forward to Christmas every year. We look forward to the <laughs> podcast every week. It's Christmas every week, fifty two times a year. Yes. Man. Yes, and it's Friday for us. That's right. So good morning, Mr. Owen Dashner. <laughs> good morning, buddy. Tell me, what is going on new in the world? How many dozens of properties did you buy in the last week? Uh,
1: you know, we had a good week, actually. We got uh, a couple pretty good properties under contract. Um, we sold a couple. We bought a couple. Um, so, yeah, it's been, you know... Kind of a busy week, little few closings, lots of showings, looking at another one today
0: that it might be pretty good the in most Dundee. Of, most of the stuff you're selling, is it, are you selling that on MLS or do you sell stuff on the site? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. These, the two we sold, one was the $1,000 house. Oh, yeah. Um, another was a duplex that we bought from Cat Theo, who mm-hmm. is, uh, well, well, that's a teaser because she's coming on in a couple weeks. You've been teasing her for a while. Uh, yeah. she. I, I tease her a lot. you yeah. yeah. She's an easy target. Yeah. Um, but uh,
0: you know, yeah, good, good week. Lots of activity. Had some good meetings. You know, just a lot, a lot of stuff. Well, in the Omaha market, uh, we just did this thing at the at the real estate office, and um, there was a, uh, hibs and flows. But overall, looking over last year in Omaha, uh, prices went up forty thousand dollars overall in real estate Jeez. in in the Omaha market, and they're not anticipating that the change. They're expecting the exact same thing to happen this year to have another forty thousand dollar increase.
1: I, uh, I went and looked at a house in, uh, in Bellevue, Nebraska, which is a suburb of Omaha, um, about a week ago. And over the – oh, I got to tell this story. This is funny, actually. Uh, so I go and look at this. It's on a Saturday, and, and this is a house in Bellevue. It's listed for 160000 okay? Good good neighborhood, kind of older homes that are like 1960s built. But it was a four-bed, two-bath and a uh, ranch mm-hmm. and, and two-car garage listed for 160. Got a lot of eyes on it, obviously. So I went and looked at it right away. The after repair value was roughly about two hundred forty five to 250000 This is on MLS. Yes. It? it
0: did have beautiful, beautiful wood floors in it. I think so. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and maybe some on sh- Freeman Avenue it's or drive kind of, it's kind or something of a, like that. on a cliffy area. And yeah. It's one, it was on a hill Yeah, a, uh, with a walkout basement. How do you know all area? these things?
1: Every time anybody brings up a property on the show, you're like, Oh yeah, that's the one with the thing and the people and whatever. How do you, what, what's with you? I walk you're, a lot. I, I guess so. Yeah. So, okay. So I go to look at this Did house, right? I, I'm getting it out. Okay. Jeez. Let me finish. Uh, so I know I tell long stories, Ted, but come on. Uh, so I go look at this house, right? And I walk through it and it probably needed about, I'm going to guess, 20,000 worth of work. Mostly cosmetic, basically paint, flooring. did it smell really bad, like pooping or No, anything? it wasn't bad. Okay. It wasn't bad at all. It was just like a kind of a beat up rental. and It was all cosmetic. So make an offer. My offer was, it was listed for 160. My offer was 165 with an escalation clause to go to 184 and change.
0: Was it through Rainbow Properties? No.
1: Oh. Uh. And I did <laughs> you might so, dig it a little bit. So, so I, uh, there were eighteen offers, and oh I'm like, "That's a pretty strong offer." We were twenty five, twenty four grand above asking, right? Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> didn't get it. We got the you know, dear John, text saying we didn't get the uh, you know, they didn't accept our offer, and we're like, "Ah, that you know, that kind of sucks." Whatever. We came strong, and because we found out there was uh, an escalation that trumped ours, it went up to two hundred thousand. I'm like, "Okay, we we, we can't touch that. right, we're out." So winning. Accepted offer was one eighty five. You want to know how I know this? Because I got a loan request in to Liquid Lending for one hundred eighty five thousand for that freaking house. This happened to me two times in the last week. Went out and offered on a place. Somebody beat us. And then all of a sudden we get a we get a loan request for that. And I'm like, God <laughs> dang it! You know, I'm glad and it's totally fine because they're good borrowers and we like them and whatever. But they're giving me crap about it. You know, like. But in the other <laughs> like, end, isn't that hilarious? Like, you know, what's
0: hilarious is you're still making money on it. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, I know, right? So yeah, that's the <laughs> consolation prize is I get to make a little bit of interest. And I, but I joke around. I'm like, well, your interest rate just went up to thirty percent. So, ha ha! You I raised the, your the fist, fist in here. That's right. That's right. So anyway, a couple funny things. Hey,
0: who have you met with in the last week that was uh, interesting or tried to pick your brain a little bit? Yeah,
1: so I met with uh, – so you mentioned – can we call this – No. Can we call this – We cannot <laughs> call it pick your brain. No. I know what you're doing. Stop it. I hate that term, by the way. <laughs>
0: let's call the section oh
1: god now everybody's gonna be like hey can i pick your brain can i pick your brain oh man let's call the section i create most of my own headaches with this by the way let's call the
0: section (laughs) owen's brain pick
1: no let's not (laughs) absolutely not i will make sure he edits this out i will pay you extra to edit this out uh anyway so okay in
0: owen's brain pick
1: no no (laughs) Anyway, Tyron Ferguson, you mentioned him yep. last week. Yep. He's, yep. Uh, he's trying to get another meetup going in Elkhorn. He's got the first one for, help me here, March I the didn't f- know 15th? The, I didn't know he had an official date Yeah, Yeah, I think it's the 15th. Don't, yep. Sorry, Tyron, if I get the date wrong. but <clears throat> we, went, yeah, start,
0: we, we went did old fashions yeah, last nice. week. Yeah. yeah. So
1: we had lunch. Great dude. We'll had, I'm just a high-energy guy. Like He's got a lot of ideas, a lot of stuff he wants to do. So, lot, yeah, I had a lot of fun talking with him. He's got... I think uh, some traction going. He's starting a property management company, as well as doing multifamily, you know, uh, potentially syndications and partnerships and that kind
0: of thing. So love that guy, man. He was he was fun to talk to. You know, it's funny is that uh it, now because I had a I did a meeting with him last week also, and copycat, and it, it's we well, he hit me up, so I'm like i might gonna go ahead and put it out that he wanted my time. Oh oh, all right. That you you probably hit him up for. His I time. did maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> No, but he hit me up and he wanted to sit down and uh, chat. And I think uh, we got more into like personal stuff and life things. And it looks like you guys did more business and growth things. And it's kind of funny that that how the, our conversations were were so different there. But it isn't funny. Like based on like how we interview people and how we'll probably interview Drew. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is that? Art imitating life,
1: imitating art. Yeah. This is our art. Yeah. We're it. artists. Yeah, we are.
0: Recording artists. And and and, and singers.
1: <laughs> I think we would get uh hotly debated on that. Whether we qualify as quote unquote singers. Anyway.
0: Uh was, great week. I was listening I was listening to Wyatt's podcast uh today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we, I mean, there's like three or four singing sessions in that one. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs>
0: but my kids are super excited to listen to that. one. Are they? Yeah, because because name dropped both of them and talked about vacations coming up, which they weren't aware of yet.
1: I had. Uh... <laughs> oh wow! You sprung that on them through a podcast. Yeah, yeah.
0: This, yeah, this morning during on the way to school. Nice. Good job. <laughs> yeah, my my, my kid. <laughs> we were one day late on the podcast that, in my my son turns on this morning and goes. Finally, Denless. <laughs> Carson, I apologize, Carson. You know, life happens
2: sometimes and we can't prevent those things from That's happening. That's awesome. He's your accountability. I love you, bro. I love you. He's your
1: accountability
2: partner, Denless. He <laughs> is. He really is. He's going to yeah, call yeah. you
1: out every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're constantly sending videos and pictures to the guys on, during the podcast, so if you get a little background in that. But <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm sure people are tired of our goofy stories, well, yes. or maybe not, but uh, should we move on? Yeah. I, I think you got some good news topics to talk about today, right?
1: In the news, we, I just saw about three or four days ago, um, somebody I know, actually, in uh, Council Bluffs, they are, I'm going to pull this up here real quick, so bear with me, but they are uh, doing the first 3D printed home. Oh, I didn't know that was in Council Bluffs. They are based out of Council Bluffs, okay. and the first 3D printed home in Southwest Iowa will be in Hamburg, Iowa, apparently, okay. which is uh, kind of a smaller town uh, closer on the way to Missouri, the Missouri border. Is this where they developed the hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> no oh, okay. surprisingly okay, I was wondering. Uh, so Hamburg Iowa was a town that got really uh, devastated by the last flood every time it floods the Missouri River they, they had a lot of problems with levees and and lack of levees and so forth so it's why the town's been wiped out a couple of times and then rebuilt and you got a lot of proud residents there so um, and I'm actually from that neck of the woods they were in my they were in my conference in high school so anyway this this uh, 3D printing is pretty cool. It's finally hit our area. You know, we've kind of heard some rumors about this stuff happening In overseas, Texas. And, yeah, and then uh, was that
0: Austin? Yeah, or, yeah. You're doing a whole neighborhood with it, right?
1: Yeah, which is really cool. So, uh, Tamara Bruno um, the is Tamara. the one that uh, posted this, and her. I think it's her and her family are responsible for you know bringing this new tech. Uh, building tech to Southwest Iowa. So I think that's pretty cool. They're mm-hmm. going to gonna try and pump out some affordable homes. And I don't know what the price points are going to be, but I'd like to find that out. Maybe I could reach out to her and, uh, and get some more info on that.
0: This would be a good time to get our podcast mobile van together. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there, yeah, there you go. Kind of, drive around with an antenna on there. And, and go there and check it out and do an on-site interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, 3D yes.
1: printing. What is it? Where is it? The where is now Hamburg, Iowa. The what is basically they're trying to reduce the cost of building materials since they've skyrocketed, and you can't uh, find them in the you know in the supply chain uh, the challenges that we've had we've been having. So, three D printing, the mystery. Uh, we'll find out more and maybe report back on that. But I thought pretty cool. It's in our backyard now. I wonder, right? uh, yeah, I wouldn't know the cost of doing that. I would do too. Yeah, how it compares to do like a stick built house would yeah. be interesting. So, installation yeah, yeah. interesting
0: and. How about we get into today's golden, golden nugget.
1: nugget? Hot off the press. As I was sitting here doing all my prep work that I do, uh, I got a phone call. So my my uh, call was uh, from Brandon, my business partner with Red Ladder, and he mentioned he's like, Hey, we got a letter in the uh in the office today. And I, I was like, Oh, that's usually not good. You say so you guys never so, go even
0: go there. So it probably been sitting I there don't go weeks. there. He goes there every day. Oh, he's okay. an office Okay, guy. okay.
1: So Anyway, he's like, uh, yeah, we got this uh, letter. So we have this rental property that we own in uh, Council Bluffs, and <clears throat> there's an empty lot next to it. Okay, and it's a decent sized one. Um, I think it's you know maybe I don't know uh, an eighth of an acre, something like that. Not 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 small, not huge, whatever. But it's right next to the house. It's not used for anything. It's just open, you know, grass. It has a fence around it, I believe. We got a letter and it was from the um community development department in let's see here I believe it was the city of Council Bluffs. They sent us a letter and said you are eligible to buy that empty lot from the city. It's city owned for $625. Done. $635. So brand's like, uh, what do you think? I'm like, just buy it. Let's buy it. You know, it's six hundred and thirty five dollars. It's assessed at like 10 grand. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that uh, I thought was real that's never happened to me before. So I don't know if it's a thing, but I would say if you're looking at or maybe you own a property that has some city land next to it, reach out to the community development department and say, Hey, can I buy this? And maybe they're gonna make you a hell of a deal because if the city owns it, they're not generating any tax revenue on it. Nothing. So for them to sell it to a private party now they can start, you know, at least making money on it. If you develop the land, then you can, you know, th- you're going to generate even more tax revenue for the city, like we talked about with TIF, mm-hmm. right? Not quite the same thing, but kind of the same idea. So maybe reach out to your community development area and just say, "Hey, do you guys own any lots around the city that you might be interested in selling?" I haven't done that yet, but I think that's a good idea.
0: Now they're going to get lit up with people <laughs> calling them probably, them. but isn't well, that cool? It is. And and just so you know, speaking of city and uh, everything, uh, upcoming local re-events uh-huh. on uh, March 1st. We have the city coming to speak. Yes, that's right. And uh, Angela yep. with the city. <laughs> <laughs> Autumn. <laughs> I know, I'm totally kidding. And I said Amanda, by the way. <laughs> oh, it was Amanda. Amanda. I couldn't remember what you called her. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, and, uh, and by the way, she was already a investor and a member prior to, she would even tell us that she worked for the city. And her husband's a contractor, yep. I believe. Yeah. Yep. Mason. Uh, so, February 1st, we have the city coming in. We have somebody coming to talk about TIF increment financing. TIF increment tax increment financing there you go. also known um, as TIF. Uh, there's a program in the city also and don't quote me on all the details on this but if you buy a rehab and uh there's a cer- specific dollar amount per how many doors it is that they will provide you in free rehab dollars if you do controlled rent on there for a time period and uh, the rehab is to a certain uh standard cool and there's a three-month window every month to apply for apply for this grant but uh, if and then they will also, if there's lead paints or anything in the property, they'll also take care of uh, abatements. Right on, yeah. And, and I, I believe if it was like a four bed with all the services they offer, you can get close to thirty thousand dollars of free money from this from the city to, to do your rehab. That is super cool. So they're going to dig deep into that because I don't know all the information. I want to give false information, so the city's going to come. We're going to do a little bit of a partnership with the city to get more information out about what's happening. So March March first, March first, and where where is that one located? <laughs> uh, we should test. We uh, you watch uh, OmahaRia. dot com. Okay, because we're still in transition of spots. Yep, and and uh, the locations have been difficult right now since uh, our, our original spot closed. Yep, so, uh, and then also on April fifth, Charles Tassel. Oh, finally, yeah. Uh, CEO of uh, National Ria is coming in. He's going to stay here at. Uh, the airbnb in this office (laughs) so so he can't escape yeah he has to record and and he added two days to his trip oh wow okay he will um he will be on the podcast Mm -hmm. i'll have to coordinate that with you guys on dates and times all right uh but he will be in town on april 5th and uh so we'll we'll get that podcast recorded plus he'll be at the re-event
1: nice yeah the long-awaited episode of charles tassel
0: and man he's like a legend there's so many good people that i'm in i'm i'm chatting with right now for speakers yeah um nothing confirmed right now um just so you know uh but uh i am i have been talking to pace morby oh nice i've been talking to david green i've been talking to Jay scott wow Uh, are you gonna pull this off uh these are it it all depends on budgets but these are people that i'm conversating with um also did you listen to the bigger pockets conference uh or conversation uh There was, um, how was it? Is that Amanda? (laughs) And uh, she was, Sarah. Uh, Sarah was on the bigger pockets a couple days ago, listened to it two times. And Sarah Weaver, and uh, she invests locally in Omaha. She's out of state, but she puts all her investments locally and does nurse rentals and Airbnbs in town. Oh, cool. She she was on BP? Yeah. Oh, nice. She travels the world and does, and she was like somewhere across in, in, island i don't even remember where it was and new zealand or something and bought properties here during that she is a agent here that she works with too uh but i've been chatting with her and uh, when she comes into town i was blown away by her podcast and uh, so i've been uh, been chatting with her on on facebook and so she's going to be uh, humble brag yeah well, the other ones are all Instagram. <laughs> one of your-, your Instagram buddies. Yeah. So I've been chatting with her too. And she's like, Yeah, when I, I'll let you know I'm going to be in town. So I'm going to push to get her on a podcast and also try to get her in front of our RIA group because her content was, her, po- her BP podcast was like incredible. Great. I haven't listened to it yet. I'll have to pop that she, one in. And she gave so many golden nuggets in it. Like, you know, she talked about um, when she works with an investment real estate agent. She uh, she has a full criteria of exactly what she's looking for, and it's a very specific property, and with all this very specific details. And then she sends it out, and then she that's and she says, "This is what I'm gonna buy, and if you find this exact thing, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. You don't need to walk it." And she just says live walkthroughs after her contracts are written and deposits are done.
1: Wow, maybe I can sell her some of my stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, without any further ado, let's get Drew out of the green room. I think he's been uh, pulling on the on the bullet bottle a little too long here, Owen. Uh, a little background about Drew. He is from Kearney, Nebraska. Uh, Drew has two properties, which is a total of four doors. Um, he started doing real estate in 2021 back in September, so not too long ago. Um, he's currently a realtor with Century 21 and is 21 years old. Get that? A, a lot of twenty one. I feel like we should 20, go to 20, the yeah.
1: casino after yeah. this, maybe. Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: And uh, he's currently a junior at University of Nebraska Kearney. So he drove in for this awesome interview. So thank you for making the trip, Drew. Welcome, buddy. Yeah, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, man. I'm sorry we kept you in the green room so long. We had so much good content that we had to cover. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long intro, but uh, we had, you know, funny stories and whatever. We have to get our fun in here. So, Drew, tell us a little bit something about your background, what got you interested in real estate, and what kind of... I mean, who does real estate at your age? I mean, I only know one person that we've interviewed that started doing real estate in the early 20s, which was Mike Schlickburn. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit what interested you and how you got involved with this. Why are you who you are, Drew? (laughs) Zaruba. What Uh, have you got? Can we just say, every time we say Drew, we have have to say Zeruba?
1: Yeah,
2: I can't... uh, It's it's a fun last name. You got (laughs) to... All right. Uh, Well, so I'm originally from Columbus. I went to uh, Ohio, (laughs) Nebraska. Thank you. Um, So I went to Kearney when I was, or when I graduated high school. Um, I went for pre med. Uh, Was pre med for I a semester. Decided this isn't for me. My dad was a doctor, or my dad is a doctor, Um, and just I that was not me. So then I decided, well, I got to find something else I want to do. and so I thought maybe engineering would be it. And that wasn't it. I don't want to sit behind a computer. And so I was like, okay, I want to do business, but I want to be one of the- everybody. All my buddies always give me crap. Cause they're like, if you don't know what you're going to do, you go into business. And I was like, well, fair enough. <laughs> it's like liberal arts. Yeah. That's it- what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so I was like, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a successful business student. And, so then, I really got into kind of the investment game and so forth, and that led me into real estate.
1: So your dad was like, uh, "Okay, son, uh, you have your choice of medical schools to go to, and you're in pre-med, and you're like, you know, Dad, what was that conversation like?" So Where you're like, ah, "I don't, I don't know if this is me. I don't. I kind of faint at the sight of blood, or
2: that, <laughs> that's not. I'm not. Yeah, that that literally was part of it. I. Uh, so I, I." when I see blood or I, you know, I'm not like one of those like where I faint when I see blood but like, I just like cringe. Like I hate it. I, and I just, and so I always tell, I always tell my friends I'm like I don't know how I ever thought I was going to be a doctor because this just is not going to work but anyways, my parents are extremely supportive of what I'm doing. Um, they,
0: they were so proud of you for one semester. <laughs>
2: they're, <laughs> You're like, hey, Dad, I,
1: you know what? I'm going to be in pre-med. And he's like, God, oh, thank God. He's like, and yes, then, he's and then you're me, like, you know, Dad, this didn't really work out. I think I'm going to go into engineering. And he's like, oh, all right. That, I mean, that's okay. That's cool, too. I mean, if you can't be a doctor, yeah, be an engineer. And then, and then you're like, you know, this engineering thing didn't really work out. I think I'm going to be in business. And then, I mean, th- this is as low as you're going, And then we right? haven't talked since. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Drewuma is gonna hate you
0: of this, this
2: We haven't talked no since. no it's okay because my my sister's a sophomore at Creighton and she's pre-med so my parents have someone to be proud of oh still, she's so. picking up the slack yeah she Got she it. picks up for I lack uh but no to go back my my parents are extremely supportive of what I'm doing uh you know my my parents have never been in real estate uh they don't they don't understand it like I do. Um, but they are extremely supportive of what I'm doing. So, I mean, that conversation with my dad about how I was going to go into business, uh, it went great. So, I mean, you said they don't
0: understand like you do. How, how do you understand it so well?
2: Well, I have really kind of dove down the rabbit hole into it. And th- this isn't something they're teaching you at school. I mean, and, that, and, that, and I always tell my parents, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really understand why I'm in school. But my, my college is paid for through scholarships, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm three semesters away from graduating, so there's no reason not to get my degree. So are you smart or athletic? He's a smart kid. <laughs> athletic, no. <laughs> but my buddies are going to listen to this and go, and they're going to laugh. They're going to laugh that you even thought that. But well, I, it could have been curling
1: or uh, I, know, high jump, high, know, jump, high table know, tennis. I, I don't know what they have. I, I will
2: say, though, that uh, for we have intramurals at Kearney, and I was the fourth most games played last semester. And I texted my parents and I said, "Check it out! I'm a full time college athlete." My mom, my mom says, "I am so proud of you." And my dad goes, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> it, it, just so you know, it, I, I won something in Carney too.
0: There's there, this did, ought to be good. They did fraternity Olympics, and I was the limbo. I I took first place in the limbo. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even. I don't even know what to say to that. I can get no. Yeah, he, yeah, he's still holding on to hey, that you one. You remember? You remember? That fame. They posted one picture on BPCon of you. That's right. They yeah. posted one picture of me on BPCon twenty one, and it was me limboing, uh, doing a limbo competition against somebody else uh, from there. <laughs> All right, Drew. So uh, moving on. So.
1: Your dad was uh, not necessarily disappointed with you twice in a row, but um, you announced you were going to get a business degree. Uh, yeah. What was your first move? Like, how did you, why real estate? Who, I mean, how'd this happen? Most, I mean, if you're a college kid and you're 19, 20, 21 years old, like you're not thinking about this kind of stuff. Or at I, least I wasn't. I was thinking about beer dye. What? Beer eye, yeah, you
0: click the dice and you throw it up in the air and it hits the solo cup. Oh, got it. Yeah. All right, yeah, that was beer pong. No, it no, so, well, yeah. wasn't around. That <laughs> time. Not, not, beer pong wasn't around yet when I was there. But in Carney, it's beard eye. Is, no, it no, no, is it still beard eye? No, dye? no, it wasn't. All right. <laughs> anyway, we're, glad we we're trying to trust. keep this professional. <laughs> damn it! Uh, so, all right. So this, how, is why, this is why people love us is because we we do these other topics. <laughs> how did you get? How? Like, why are you here? <laughs> tell it. Tell us your
1: perspective on how this all happened. Why are you sitting here in our uh, in our awesome. fabulous recording studio?
2: Uh, what you just want me to start? Kind of, yeah. From, do so it. how how I got into real estate? Yes. Okay. So uh, so I went to my advisor and I said, you know, I'm switching the business, and so she's like, okay, whatever. She's and like, th-
1: haven't you been in here before when you <laughs> told us you were not wanting to do pre med well yeah
2: yeah that's what it was and so i was like well i'm not really sure if i want to do engineering or, or uh, engineering now or business and she's like well just take classes in both so i took physics and it was like no i'm not i'm not going to do engineering so anyways s- skip all that i went to or i got into finance then so i'm a finance major now um, and i realized okay when i was in high school i didn't play sports cuz i was terrible um, and so i worked 25 30 hours a week after school and on the weekends at high v I was the I was the lunch meat stalker, so I stocked hot dogs and cheese. Nice. Uh, and so, I
0: do I do love some meat and cheese platters.
2: <laughs> yeah. So a I, little charcuterie. So if, you can,
0: if you can suggest some good cheeses for me, I I, it's, it's funny. It's funny because <laughs> be I, I, I don't
2: eat cheese. I, I'm pretty much lactose intolerant. Oh, uh, um,
0: I like a good port salute in any day.
2: <laughs> uh, but wow. anyways, so I worked there for my sophomore year till I graduated, um, and I literally saved up all my money. I didn't. I never spent any of it. Um, and so I had all this money to invest with essentially. Or I I, I had all this money saved up and when the market crashed and at the beginning of COVID, I got into I so that would have been at the end of my my freshman year. Uh and so I got really big into investing in the stock market and crypto and all that jazz. Okay. So let me back up before we get into
0: the crypto thing, I think, which I think Owen's about to jump into. Um with were you saving money like up a- like, did you have, were you saving, up, like, coin jars and stuff growing up? Like, did you, like... <laughs>
2: so, I used to do bowling after school when I was in elementary school, and my mom would give me $7. She goes, you got to pay $5 to bowl, and you got $2 to spend it on candy or whatever. Yeah. I saved all my $2. And-, and I put it in my wallet in my drawer. And so, by the time I was, like, 10 years old, I had, like, $200, and I thought I was the richest guy alive.
0: Your mom comes in. She's like, I just did your laundry. Are you a drug dealer? <laughs> 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 so did, so you keep on saying we saving this saving us money though same money all the way all the way through like did you save I, all this? I literally saved all my money I,
2: I at one point in time i bought a four-wheeler because all my buddies and i ride the four i ride the loop river in columbus um so i spent five thousand dollars on a four-wheeler but other than that i literally never spent money because that's that's my son now my son is
0: eight years old and he has like three hundred and seventy five dollars saved in his uh drawer and he has his own savings account. We make we we split it up, so he has to give a little bit, save. He can spend a little bit and save a little bit. And I, I mean, only I know, but he's got like three thousand dollars in his bank account now. No kidding! Wow. Yeah, yeah he's a saver. My, now my daughter, she likes just to buy stuff with it, you know. But my son is really good at saving. It, so I'm, I, I'm asking this for for selfish reasons. So now you you invested that money into crypto.
2: So. So I put it in the stock market. So I put $10,000 in the stock market, and I put $10,000 in Bitcoin.
0: What did you invest in, in the stock market?
2: Uh, you know what SPACs are? No. Special Ted. acquisition companies. I know what SPACs are, but I don't know what
1: SPACs
2: are. SPACs did really well. Ted
1: film. is really well-versed in undergarments. <laughs> As anyone who's listened to any episodes likely knows by now.
2: So, so I, was just, I was buying these, these SPACs. And so the, what they do is they take a company public – um, so it's an easier way for a company to avoid an IPO and having to go through paying all the accounting work. So essentially uh, you have a – I have a company. You have a SPAC. And so you approach me and say, hey, we'll give you $200 million and we'll take you public. And I say, of course I'd do that. Um, and I hope nobody – th- that is the general gist and maybe I'm wrong on that. But anyway, th- so this is why I don't invest in we stock market we anymore. We don't obviously
0: know, so tell us. Okay, so anyways,
2: <laughs> so anyways, I was investing in these and I – so I I made all this money and then I lost all this money and th- this, this whole time I'm just what was your high and low? Uh, my high was like twenty one thousand dollars. Yeah. My low five thousand. So yeah. Uh, you're right. You, they slapped it and you're riding a wave. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, and, and I kept my Bit- I kept my Bitcoin this whole time and so eventually how much was it Bitcoin when you bought in? Bitcoin was nine thousand eight thousand when I bought in.
0: Okay. And how many shares of that did you buy?
2: So um all my buddies are gonna be happy because i'll never tell them how much i have but for learning purposes i'll say uh so i bought 1.1 1. 1. um yeah. so that would that would have been ten thousand dollars at nine thousand eight thousand dollars yeah um and so then uh, i sold out of all my stocks because i said i can't be in the stock market anymore all i'm doing is just losing money because i was just an idiot i was trying to swing trade everything and i had a lot of success and then i had a lot of failures
0: so I know nothing about stock market, so I don't know if you do, Owen. But this is all
2: all new to me. Okay. Well, anyways, so anyways, I'm a huge Bitcoin guy now. Yeah. Um. So I bought my I bought my way up to two coins, and so Bitcoin's sitting at forty thousand right now. Mm-hmm. So feels, feels and good. and that and that's how I've kind of funded my real estate. Yeah. Did you sell those to buy your real estate then? I have sold a half, and then I took a loan out on the rest. Really? Okay. How did you do that? There's a so there's there's different companies that'll do it. Um, but I use this app called Celsius. I don't know. if You probably have never. You, this is probably all new stuff for you guys. And there's gonna be people listening like Bitcoin. No, like this, this, this kid's an idiot. But no, no, but Bitcoin, I'm a huge Bitcoin proponent is of Bitcoin killing it for some people,
0: especially with the metaverse. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And the fact that you can create your own <laughs> the metaverse. Why does this keep on coming up, Owen? It won't go away. <laughs> just like underwear. It's <laughs> the future, guys. It's the future.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Endless. Endless and isn't like the Wizard of Oz.
1: <laughs> um. So I have a Binance account, and I've got uh, Bitcoin and some other – like Ethereum and a few other like altcoins. Um, what – like how much do you pay attention to that? Because it is – okay.
2: I probably check the price of Bitcoin 10 times a day at least. Yeah.
1: So it's wild swings. There are – any given day, it could go up and down 10 20%. Yeah. on any of the coins that you end up buying. So it's not for the faint of heart. No. So, okay, talk us through this. So you put money into an account. What, what account did you use to open it? Coinbase? Yeah, you used Coinbase. Coinbase. Okay. So Coinbase is probably one of the most common um, <clears throat> trading platforms for uh, cryptocurrency, yep. correct? Yep. And you you know way more, more about this, likely, than I do. Um. So Coinbase, uh, Binance, uh, there are several different platforms where you can buy and sell cryptocurrency. But if you if you buy it, it typically goes into account just like let's say you have an Ameritrade. I mean, people could probably relate more to this. So like let's relate it to us, uh, E Trade or Ameritrade or that type of. Yeah, account. essentially so going on
2: TD Ameritrade and yeah. buying a stock, but instead of uh, you instead you're on Coinbase and you're buying a crypto and you can hold it on there. I don't hold mine on there. I pull all mine off, and put it into a cold wallet. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, why don't you tell us? Okay, so a cold wallet is essentially um, I use an evi- I use a device called the Ledger. And so the ledger holds your password to the blockchain, and so that's how you access your Bitcoin. Is but this a
1: sixteen-digit uh, password? Is that it right?
2: Is, it is a it is a twenty-four 24? word password. Twenty-four words? And so, okay. And so that's what's on my ledger is the password. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have so I have a password to get into what my password is to access my coins on the blockchain. So you have a password
1: for a password, essentially. Okay. All right. Some deep security here. All right, now uh, I want to bring this up and fact check me on this. So okay. there's a uh, story goes in the UK uh, somewhere. I don't know. There's a there's a town there where a guy evidently had a boatload of Bitcoin and lost his password. So he had a 24 uh, word key that would enable him to get into his uh, password protected account. Yep. And he had it on a flash drive, if I remember this correctly. Yep. Does this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. I had a story. So, it uh, is it in the UK? Am I, am I getting that right? I have no idea. Okay. All right. We'll call it the UK. It's in the UK, folks. It's facts. Uh, so, <laughs> the guy loses his password, and he has, I'm going to say, $300 million worth of Bitcoin on his flash drive, or basically the password to access his account on his flash drive.
0: Is this the same story about the guy that had the hard drive that threw it away? That it did the mining? It's pretty close. Okay, maybe it's there's the same there's story. a lot of stories. And he, and he went digging through the went digging through the trash. Well, economy. this is what I
2: know. And the, I, the city wouldn't let him go into the. The city wouldn't the dump. let him. He was yeah. he
1: was offering basically anybody in the town was it a hundred million dollars to help him. I don't, find I don't it? know the number, but it was a lot of money. Well, let's call it a hundred million dollars. I mean, I'm making this up as I go, so my, it's my story now. It's a hundred million dollars. Take it Owen. somewhere in the UK uh but yeah crazy so like that's the huge risk right like if you're a bonehead and can't figure out how to keep your your password in place nope then all right Denlis, what do you got add some color commentary here
3: that's why it is you buy a safe if you buy a safe
2: you could put your cold wallet or ledger as he says in that safe so you don't like, mistakenly, throw it Like, who throws away but y- a <laughs> hundred
3: y-
0: or five hundred million dollars? Like, that's stupid.
1: His voice sounds so smooth on that mic over there. A, I mean, listen to it's
0: it, it's that Jamaican accent. It is, uh, that's true. <laughs> I am from Trinidad. <laughs> oh, it's Shaggy. Shaggy, is that? Oh, can you sing a nope. Shaggy song for us? No, nope. okay, dang it. All okay. right, okay, so We'll work on it. There's then. a story you heard, and it, it, is this the story where the guy? did mining and he had a hard drive on his computer and it got th- and, it, and it got thrown away in the trash dump and there was hundreds of millions of dollars on it First of all, how do you get a hard drive thrown away that makes no sense to me exactly
2: right. That like, make any would you sense ever
1: throw a hard drive away into a public dump? No, that's fair. But
2: I mean, you got it when this was. A lot of people had these when it wasn't like when Bitcoin wasn't well, worth anything. It's, it's like, like
1: four dollars or whatever. I don't care. This guy
2: had it's like one cent.
1: Yeah. Back oh, then. at the time. To- okay. All right. So all right, it was pretty much worthless. So that's yeah. why that happened. But still, the hard drive getting thrown away in a public dump—that sounds fishy to me. Anyway. It seems like that's clickbaity. Let's get back on track. Oh, <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. This isn't a crypto podcast. I got confused. <laughs> uh, all right, so you're investing. You're investing in crypto. Um, you Bitcoin, yeah, Bitcoin, and you take a loan against
2: this to get your first property. So my first property uh, was a forty thousand dollar down payment, and so I had. And what was this property? It was a... Or it is. I still have it. Uh, it was a duplex, uh, but it, it was a single-family home that's been converted into a duplex. So it's just the basement and the upstairs are rented so out separately, but com- there's conversion. two separate meters.
1: Yeah. Okay. So was it a $200,000 property? 200 20% and, down? Two hundred and thirty. How do you even borrow off of Bitcoin? So, like, how, how do you do that? So was, the, this, was
0: this like on 23rd and 19th? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> He's ki- You're kidding, right? Well, this is a place that was like two blocks away <laughs> Seriously, how do you do this? I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I I have like no idea. Real estate sad,
2: sadly, it wasn't in Omaha, it, no, it's th- in Kearney. I know, I'm in Carney, but uh, yeah. oh, I, it, so, it was on 24th, 24th, and what actually? <laughs> uh, it was 808 West 24th, Street. okay.
0: Because I like, remember there were always like numbers and number cross streets, and uh, in, in back when I was in Carney, you know, we did, it, I literally had to leave all the parties on my voicemail. So I had a voice message on my phone, and the people would call that voice message to know where all the parties were. Wow! And so you would put the guy. parties on your voice. I'd put my parties on the voicemail in my in my place. I'm like, hey, this is the parties, and I'd list them all out. And it was always like 23rd and 25th Street or whatever it was. You know, something crazy like that. I was so confused going there. <laughs> Did Ted not
1: just correct me on getting us back on track, and then he's yeah still yeah. going?
2: Well, that yeah he did he did. All right, so, so how
0: do you how do you borrow money? Can you off send me a the... Can you send me, show me a picture of these places that you have? By the way, yeah, if you, yeah, if you want me to, Cause Cause I, you want to see them? here is my memory of Carney. Like you, you have know, a party. Cops to show up. You heard everybody thunk because all everybody dropped their beers, as long as you could walk out and 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 you'd go to the neighbor's house, have another party until the police were called, and then and then uh, it'd be all over. Yeah. It's like dominoes; <laughs> just go from one to the other, to the other. <laughs> okay, so tell us about this first property that you got, and, and t- give us some numbers.
2: Okay, so uh, numbers were it was a purchase price of two hundred thirty thousand. It was owned by a guy in Japan, so he had went to school there in Kearney, and he had bought it to live in when he was there. And so I don't know if he was only converted it, but, I mean, essentially all they did was just put two electrical meters on it.
0: Is, what's laws with conversions in in that area? I, I have no so, idea.
2: Okay. I, 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 just, I just buy the already converted.
0: I mean, is it with your county assessor, is it assessed as a two-unit? I honestly don't know. Allegedly? I mean, because it's a big deal here in town, and I'm sure it's a big deal in most cities, but they're really cracking down conversions like you can't have a shared furnace unit with shared ductwork in in town here on a on a conversion you um if if you were to get red tagged for something to my knowledge you'd have to separate the electrical out i mean am i wrong owen no that i i believe you're correct yeah. uh
1: but i want to get into like how did you even wh- why did you buy a duplex how did you even know that that was a good deal like get us into the whole thing how did you find it how did you buy it what how did you borrow? First of all, hang on. How did you even borrow off your Bitcoin account? You're like, hey, I have a Coinbase account. You go to the bank, and they're like, what's that? And you're like, oh yeah, it's uh, this is crypto. And they're like, well, what is what's and, crypto? And, and, and I work. I at mean, H- we're
2: and I work at IV in the fees <laughs> <Peace laughs> department. Yeah. <and> they're like, <laughs> okay. So, so like I said, my parents are very supportive. So my dad, my dad <laughs> has been nice enough to co-sign on these with me because there I mean, it. I put the numbers out there, and he goes, I don't really know what I'm looking at, but it looks fine.
0: So, anyways, so 230k.
2: Yep, two hundred thirty thousand. It was empty at the time that I bought it, and so I found out after we closed that it had been previously been rented out for fifteen hundred dollars a month for the for thousand dollars for upstairs, five hundred dollars for the basement. Okay. I haven't I haven't rented out for fourteen hundred dollars upstairs, fourteen hundred dollars fourteen hundred dollars downstairs. So I'm pulling in twenty eight hundred dollars a month off a two thirty okay purchase price. Those numbers probably work. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I I'm doing fairly well on that property. And so what's actually interesting about this is this is this sat on the market for almost three months. So they listed it at two seventy, and they slowly came down ten thousand dollars each month. And then we, we came in way lower than what they're asking. And then we met at two thirty. Who's the we? I guess I should. This the royal we. I I guess I shouldn't say we. I always say we. So this is me and my my
0: agent. Got it. Okay. So okay. So what happens when uh. Somebody reaches out to you and says, "Hey, there's a party on Twenty Fourth Street, 808, <laughs> and you and it's your house. Has that happened yet?
2: That that has not happened yet. But and how and how are you going to
0: react when that happens? I'm kind of being real here. I well,
2: mean, so there, so because this is a small town party college. It, it is. So I have college kids that live on up the upstairs, and then I have a family who lives in the basement. <clears throat> Horrible thing. <Danielle. laughs> what like, what could go wrong? Oh, there? Yeah, yeah. So I really, I, so when I first bought it, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get this rented out and get this rented out. So I had it rented out. I had the upstairs rented out in two days. For fourteen hundred. For fourteen hundred. Dang. And then I have no no updates. No updates. The basement. I the basement. I redid the bathroom and I redid the living room. Um, and then I rented that out probably two weeks later for fourteen hundred. Nice. And so I'm definitely the top of the market in Carney. Uh, when I re-rent this out, I don't know if I'll get those numbers, but it'll be right around thirteen hundred, so probably twenty six hundred dollars a month.
1: Drew, let me ask you this. So you're uh you're twenty one now. Yes. Yep. And when you bought the first property, were you, were you 21 then? I mean, uh, no, I was 20. Okay. You're, oh, you're the – okay. So this was a long time ago. Uh, so you're 20 <laughs> years old. You buy a duplex, and you're like, I want to remodel the kitchen and the bathroom. Is that what happened? Uh, bathroom and the living room. Bathroom and living room. What did you do? How did you find
2: a contractor? How did you keep... I did it myself. So, okay. So, so you looked in the mirror. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, so what I did was I really, I mean, I, I don't know if I should say I remodeled them, but I mean, they look completely different. So the bathroom or the shower, it was like this weird marble color. It looked really gross. So I refinished the shower. I put in all new flooring and then I put in a new vanity. And then in the living room, I repainted the walls and I put down new flooring. I how, mean, did, how did you know how to do that stuff? I didn't. So, so How did you learn? Uh, I, I literally just went and bought the materials and said, okay, I'm going to try and figure this out. And so I did the first time I tried to lay the floor, went terrible. My girlfriend was with me at the time and she's like, I'm never working on anything with you ever again. Cause I, cause I was just, like, so, you don't know anything. I would, yeah. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. I was so mad. I had no tools. Uh, and so anyways, watched a YouTube video, figured it out. And I mean, I guess the rest is history.
0: YouTube. God, it? man. Yeah, it's literally YouTube. And,
2: and Barnett's the
0: same thing, remember? YouTube is so awesome so for how, learning but that but how was uh, so, the quality of so your work?
3: What would you
2: say? How was the quality of your work? So one of my buddies came down. He lives in Lincoln, and he came down to Kearney, and he helped me one week and put the cord around, around the uh, around the walls because we found luxury vinyl plank. And we called ourselves uh, Six Feet Construction because as long as you stood back six feet, it looked fine. <laughs> And, I mean, and I mean, I the quarter round is not going to determine if you're going to get another $100 in rent or not. So, I mean, it is fine. But all we had was a jigsaw. We only had a jigsaw to cut the quarter round. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was very touching. So,
0: take though. advantage of the rent, but your resale probably isn't going to be amazing.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they stand back six feet.
0: Was the uh was the appraiser that
1: came out in uh did, I'm assuming you got an appraisal right? Did you end up after doing after I redid yeah. it? No, yeah. I didn't. Oh no, Okay. because
2: we can't refinance for a year with our bank. Got it.
1: Okay. So what type of what type of a loan did you get? Uh,
2: twenty percent down, conventional loan. So it was a conventional five year balloon.
1: Why did you decide to do that as opposed to an FHA? Like, why didn't you house hack that? Well,
2: so that was that was the original plan. So I met with the – so I put I originally put a post on Facebook back in at the beginning of January in 2021. And said, hey, is anybody looking to sell their house or duplex, triplex, whatever, around the college? And nobody responded to me except a local realtor in town. He was the commercial investment realtor at Century 21. Now I work with him uh, like uh, at Century 21. And so I met with him, and he's like, okay, dude, here's what you need to do. Here's the books to read, blah, blah, blah. We probably walked 20, 25 houses before we finally found this one. And there is a, so there was a house that I had found in, I don't think it was May and we put an offer in on that. It was they wanted one fifty and we put in a price we put we put in an offer of one sixty and we got beat out for one sixty five and I was devastated. I was like Oh, that, I, was, that was the one, huh? Yeah, yeah. I was like I was I like walked in, I was like, This is it. Like this is it. And so I was so disappointed. And I was like, I hate this real estate thing, it's no fun, like whatever. And so it wasn't for another like four months, I think, until I got this duplex in September.
1: Huh. Well, so okay. So it was vacant for a while. You uh, had a realtor, and they helped you. Basically, kind of. Did d- was he the one that told you about Bigger Pockets?
2: He was the one that told me about Bigger Pockets. Huh.
1: Interesting. Maybe we should have him in here instead. I mean, also. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so you got. Uh, Good deal, it sounds like. I mean, do you do you feel like it was a good deal? I mean the cash flow sounds great. Yeah,
2: the cash flow is great. I mean, I think I got a good deal. Uh I mean, I think everybody who's looking at this as a single family house. And so, I mean, you could have probably rented this out for seventeen fifty and Carney as a single family house.
1: Six feet construction that's classic that's the first time <laughs> i ever heard that no i was where i was going with the whole appraiser thing was i was like the appraiser comes out and there's like you know one of the old guys that's been doing it for i was like i can't really i don't have such good eyesight but that looks good and you're like <laughs>
2: yes six feet construction that's it, our
0: new name went in the corners when you guys couldn't put the p- two pieces of wood together did you just fill it with caulk
2: uh no we didn't we just we overlapped them <laughs> so like so like one piece of quarter round would go over the top of the other <laughs> It's a learning
0: experience, and it's only going to get better from there. That's right. Well, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And and now I have all my own tools and stuff, so we should never have to worry about that.
1: How did you end up sitting at this table? Give us the backstory
2: of how I kind of came. Thanks, buddy. Okay, so I, (laughs) so I, I started. I I guess I started this syndication company called Antler Capital. We really haven't done a whole lot yet. I mean, do you want me to kind of dive into that, or you I mean what,
0: what? What is that exactly? No,
1: I mean, pretty much, it's a rite of passage. When you turn twenty-one, you start a multifamily syndication business. <laughs> I mean, everybody does that. Let's move on.
2: <laughs> okay, so, so no, of course. Yeah, talk I, about know, that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Jeez. So I, so I got into. So I, I'm at the point now where I don't really have any more money to invest. I mean, I, I, I plan on house. Hack, I want a house hack of fourplex. I don't know what's going to happen. There's nothing ever for sale in Carney. Uh, so I mean, I, I, I just constantly call people or write them letters, but whatever. Um, so I said, you know what I got to do, and so I've got really big into Bigger Pockets, and I, I don't, I, it was this guy named Kyle Marquette and Van Hague and they, I listened to their podcast on Multifamily Mentors with Terrence Doyle and Chris Lopez on Bigger Pockets. I don't know if you guys have either, ever heard of them. Um, if anybody
0: owned them, because he's he's kind of like a Bigger Pockets
2: aficionado. Aficionado. Uh, nope i have no idea who they are so anyways uh they were both i think this podcast came out like two years ago and so they were both 20 at the time and they both started their own multifamily syndication company and they're killing it now and i was like what the heck like if they can do this i can do this and i had never even heard of multifamily syndication and so i I know you guys are probably familiar with syndication as you essentially take what
0: is what is syndication
2: so essentially you take investors money and you go and invest in real estate and then you take a certain percentage of the split. And so they usually they get 70. The uh, managing party gets 30. Um, did, did you have to talk to a lawyer to get this all set up? I, well, I mean, I set up an LLC myself, but we have I mean, we haven't done it. We haven't bought any properties yet. But anyway, so I got really active on LinkedIn and. Um, Going
1: old school.
2: Yeah, well, and so I'm still really active on LinkedIn. And so I met this guy, uh, Tim Vest, on LinkedIn. And so now I'm part of his mastermind group. And he said, you know, as part of the mastermind, we're going to do a deal with you. We're going to go through and walk through all the steps. And so these guys are from North Carolina. And he said, the mastermind doesn't start till January. And this was in December. He said, just start a company, pick a name, uh, get a website built, and we'll go from there. And so that that's kind of stage I'm at right now. And so we are currently underwriting properties, uh, looking for a deal essentially here in Lincoln, Omaha. Is it called Six Feet Syndications? <laughs> no, it's called Antler Capital. Oh, okay. I uh, I probably spent more time on the name than I have spent on anything else because everything I looked at, like the LLC, was already taken, or like it was already a syndication <laughs> company. What does
1: Antler Capital mean to you?
2: I I always so I, I don't know. I'm not a very big hunter, but I go hunting. And so I was like, ah, you know, antler capital sounds kind of cool. And I was like, we could put a big, we could put like a buck as our logo. And you know, you're always looking for a trophy deal as you're looking for a trophy buck. Ah, ooh, I, I love that.
0: Yeah. And, but I was thinking lopers cause the carnies are lopers. And the, oh yeah, that didn't cross I, my mind. I but. was thinking trophy <laughs> wife, but whatever. Well, I, mean, I, guess, trophy, I guess that works trophy too. Trophy buck works too. Well, you know, he's got a lot to learn from us because we, you know, of our trophy wise. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it, well, okay, all okay. Right.
2: So then I got so so I got active on LinkedIn and I found Kyle Marquette. He, so he was on that. He, he's I think he's twenty one, twenty two now. And so they're down in Austin, Texas. And I got on the I got a, I got a Zoom call with him somehow. I don't really know how it happened, but anyways, we got to talk in. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm buying duplexes in Carney, and he goes, well, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I mean, that's just what I know. How to, that's what I know how to do. That's what I have the money for. And he goes, dude, go bigger. And I was like, I, I can't go bigger. I don't have any money. He's like, if I'm doing it, you can do it. I am not smart. Like you, you can easily go do this. He's, and so he kind of walked me through, like, dude, you just need to have the mentality to go do it. Here's the books you need to read. I'll start. I'll send you a guide on how to get started. And so that's what I did.
0: What was the advice he gave you? Like, what books did he tell you to read? What 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 did he tell you, you need to do?
2: Uh, so he, I, I have the email. So I bought all the books he told me to get. So it was just a lot of syndication books. Probably the best one is uh, Multifamily Syndication by Joe Fairless. It's mm-hmm. the guide on how to get started. Hey anyway, what else? What other books you got? I honestly don't know the names of them. They're all They're all syndication. What, what, what books. other advice did he give you? he essentially really was just a mentality shift is you do not have to be old to do this. Like you you're 20 years old. There's no reason you don't need to be
0: Owen's age. (laughs) (laughs)
2: He, He said, he essentially told me is dude, just start meeting people. And and that's what you do. He said, start attending meetups, start meeting people, and the rest will just go from there.
1: That's awesome. Okay, so you got your first deal. You got your feet wet in syndication a little bit. Went down the rabbit hole of learning about that. Where are you in that process? So, you're, you did you get set up? Do you have an LLC? You mentioned.
2: Yep. So I have the LLC set up. Uh, we're currently, I mean, we're currently looking for deals. So I'm working with the. So this is kind of a, it's a mastermind coaching student partnership program. With these guys from North Carolina. What's it called? Uh, Making moves in multifamily. Cool. Okay. Uh, So, I mean, we don't really. We actually. So, I've been in. uh, Tim has taught me a lot, and I've uh, through LinkedIn and stuff. Um, So, we actually start next week with meetings and going through all that stuff. But we are. But. Constantly looking for a deal. Uh, so just looking for a value-add multifamily opportunity.
1: If you were going to give advice to somebody that was uh, kind of younger or more, like a little bit more inexperienced, how do you go about underwriting a multifamily deal? Do you have some quick math when you know what the hell you're looking at? Because um, there's, you know, there's stuff online and if you're start you know, if you're just starting out, single family and multifamily are valued and appraised differently. How do you even know if you're looking at, like what, what passes a quick filter for you?
2: Uh, so, So the guy I work with at Century 21, the realtor, he had an ROI calculator that he sent me, and that's what I put everything through.
1: Okay. Do you know off the top of your head how that works? What do you mean? As far as what do you put in to uh, get the output that you need to figure out if it's a good deal?
2: Essentially, you can figure out what the rents are. You you know what the purchase price is. So you put in the purchase price, put in the rents, um, and then it'll spit out what your cap rate is off of that, uh, your exit strategy, uh, your IRR, uh, all of that.
1: Okay. Now, are
2: you from Carney originally? I'm from Columbus, Nebraska.
1: Columbus. Okay. And then you ended up in Kearney for school. Yep. And got to know the town pretty well. Obviously, give us a snapshot of like what does Carney look like, population wise? How is the housing market? Like, what's the availability of the product that you're looking for? That kind of thing.
2: So, like everything else, or like everywhere else in the country, I guess the market is just crazy there. Uh, it's a population of about thirty thousand, but then you have the college there, and I think they have around ten thousand students. It might be a little less than that. Uh, but with the with the college there, there's huge demand for rentals. So I mean, when you're looking at a property, I mean, you I guess in theory you should put a vacancy rate in there, but it, you never have to worry about anything not being rented out in Kearney.
1: Talk to us about college rentals. So you have students in the upper unit, is that what you said of the duplex?
2: Yep. And then I just closed on a I closed on another duplex this past week, and so then I have a family in the bottom of that one, and then a students
0: upstairs. How how do you protect yourself against? I mean, because I just remember these places getting destroyed uh, by college. By Ted. How, when he was in college. <laughs> yeah. How do you protect yourself against those damages, and what what's your plan there?
2: So with it being a duplex and with having a family in the basement, I mean, they kind of let me know if anything ever is going on over there. Uh, it, it hasn't really been an issue. It was an issue kind of at the beginning, but other than that, they've actually been really good to deal with. Um, I, I I have not had any issues with it yet. I honestly I, I don't have any problem with running them to students. I think they have taken just as good care of it. do,
0: do they know who Drew is that uh, he's the owner yeah, that, or, still, the, asset so or so is he the manager?
2: It's funny that you say that because I so I put my I put this on Facebook originally and I was like, Okay, uh, I put my so I put the rentals on Facebook and I had all these people message me and I said, Okay, we'll just come over at this time and you can have a walkthrough and I'm standing there and they're like, What are you doing here? Are you here to look at the unit too? And I was like, No, I'm the owner.
1: You're like, Are you selling uh, Cookies or what? what? <laughs> yeah, like
2: they're like, so they're like are, you, are you are you also looking at the unit? I was like, no, I'm the owner. I can like walk you through it. And they're like, how old are you? I said twenty. Why? How would you do that? And so, uh, so I mean, clients, clients, clients. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was definite. And and as being a landlord too, it's definitely, you, I I've had I I I've tried to kind of command respect and be and be respectful just because it's harder to take a 20-year-old serious especially as being a college student that like hey I'm the owner I'm the landlord like I have just as I have as many expectations as anybody else in this town does
1: in the other unit you have is it a family that's running it so bottom unit
2: family top college kids
1: and would you guess they're in their 40s 30s 40s 30s okay are they like <laughs> Could you imagine, Ted, living in a rental and then you see a 21 or 20-year-old 20 kid and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm the owner. I mean, I, I mean what I, would you say to that? I'd be, I mean, would you feel weird? Like, I mean, I'm renting from this guy? I, I mean, mean, would you? that's got to gotta be a little weird.
0: I mean, right? Well, uh, didn't you have to like, kind of almost like reevaluate your life at that moment? Like, okay, I'm 30 years old. I have a 20-year-old landlord. <laughs> what the hell am I doing with my life? Where do I need to go? And what do I need to fix? <laughs>
2: I, I, they've actually, they've been really, they've been really easy to deal with and they've been really respectful towards me. And so I, I can't complain.
0: That's the first thing going through my head. It's... But,
2: but that has definitely been, it that has been a, it, it, a it, common theme of everybody who came and walked through. They're like, how are you doing things? How, how are you, how are you able to buy these places? And I was like, I mean, without going into further detail, it's just a lot of hard work. It, yeah, I mean, you didn't. This just didn't happen by accident,
0: you know. It's it's what we preach to our Owen and I preach to our kids. It's save your money, and you know, and start investing in properties, and hopefully we can have a Drew down the road.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. So what's next, Drew? You you've got uh, you got the one duplex, knocked that out, got it all leased up. Um, You have another one that you recently bought?
2: Yep. So I just closed on a duplex this past week on Tuesday. Um, That did not go very well. The closing didn't. Ted, I think this is
1: a good spot for us to go into the...
0: uh... Failing for
1: Drew, like we talked about, um, I, this is a section where we like to go into a, a deal or a situation that didn't go according to plan and some lessons taken away from it. Um, you got something in mind for this? I think this is uh, maybe a good, a good topic for your uh, second deal.
2: Is yeah. Right? Uh, so, you know, I mean, it necessarily isn't anything where it was like it was my fault. Um, but we just had a lot of miscommunication with the owner of the property and he was also the selling agent on it. so he was a realtor in town. Oh, interesting. So how did you find this deal? Uh, so th- so my first property was on market. this one was off market. Uh, so this agent had approached the agent that I worked with, Brandon and said, "Hey, you know, I got all these properties in town. I'm anything's for sale. Bring somebody, it's the right price. I'll sell it. Uh, and then he gave Brandon kind of rough ideas of what he was hoping to get out of them.
0: What was that price?
2: So this new one was a purchase price of two seventy five. I did another twenty percent down loan. Took a loan out of my Bitcoin, um, and now I can't take any more loans out on my Bitcoin because I've got all of it loaned out. But until it runs up again, yeah, till, till it goes back up, and then it'd be like, hey, we can buy more properties. Um, so that was a purchase price of two seventy five. Uh, to did the twenty percent down again. Um, how, how did you
1: negotiate it? Did you what? Did you just pay what he well, asked?
2: So that was the thing is. We kind of we kind of lowballed them because we're like you know there's really nobody else looking at these since they're off market. And he came back to us. He's like, no, I'm not going down. And he's like, that's that's my best and final. And so I said, okay, because I can make it work. And so rents right now, he had originally told us they were both a thousand dollars a unit or a little more than that. And we found out afterwards that the bottom units being run out for like ten fifty, and then the bottom units being run out for like eight fifty. And so I was extremely frustrated with that. And then there was just a ton of miscommunication between turning over the, or between me taking over ownership, because the tenants didn't really have any idea that I was buying the place until three days before. Uh, they had have it a heads up like three months ago, and then it was just like, okay, hey, by the way, new owner in three days, and so that was kind of frustrating. And then there wasn't there was just really small deposits that came with the place. So I mean, it's just without being rude, it was really poorly run. And it, yep. and so now it now it's a matter of me coming in and being the bad guy and going to those tenants and saying, "Hey, uh, I hate to do this to you, but the rents are going to be going up to fifteen hundred dollars a month uh, a st- uh, as of June first. So, so we're going from fifteen hundred. Yeah, so That's we're going a from a small jump. Yeah, so we're going from a thousand dollars fifty percent
0: increase in rent. They didn't last very long, did they? Uh,
2: well, so I don't I don't know if they're planning on staying or not because I just told them this week. Wow, and and it's, and it's okay. Let me
1: let me ask you this. So, were
2: you nervous telling them that, or how did you tell well, them? That? Well, here's what sucks. Did you call them? Did you send them a letter? Well, so here's what sucks is because one of my buddies lives in one of those units, <laughs> and so I had to go over there and be like, "Hey, um, by the way, I'm raising your rent like seven hundred dollars uh, when your lease is up." And so I had wrote a letter and I said, "Hey, I want to make this transition smooth." So when your lease is up, this is what's going to happen. If you guys want to move out, I'll let you move out right now. I don't want this to be a problem. And I went down, I went to the bottom unit and I told, I told the lady down or the family down there. And I said, Hey, you know, here's the deal. These units haven't been ran right. Uh, They're not market rent. I'm just raising them to market rent. It's nothing against you, but here's the letter. If you have any questions, please let me know. And I, we can work something out. And how
1: long ago was this that you presented them with it? Wednesday. Oh, uh, so two days ago? <laughs> yeah, literally two days. Okay. ago. Okay, and did have you had like much of a reaction yet out of that?
2: Well, I don't think they're probably very happy, right? Um, so I, I we haven't really talked. I haven't really i i i just kind of told them that here's the deal, and I explained the letter to him before I gave it to him.
1: So you're basically like, I'm not canceling your lease per se, but here's a seven hundred dollar a month increase. Right, pretty, much. I mean, essentially you're canceling their lease. Yeah, right?
2: I mean, because their lease is up May thirty first. I said, okay. okay, so you know. June first. This is what's gonna happen. Uh, there, it, it's just this is how it is. Yeah, and it, and it's not anything against you guys, but this is a business, and I can't I can't be losing money. Okay, so that uh, Spoke- this is a great spoken like a true
1: twenty one year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I am so impressed. I can't I can't tell you how impressed I am without how it, your business sense is on all this.
1: This, this is a good topic because I uh, traditionally I'm not a good property manager. I'm good at paying attention to tenant uh, maintenance requests and. A lot of the kind of like operations of it, I'm really, I'm a pushover a little bit when it comes to raising rents. So I'm not great at doing that. That's why I use property management, but I still have a bunch that I, well, I probably have, I don't know, 15 or 16 units that I manage myself, but I'm not good at raising rents to market. So you come in and say, yeah, I'm hiking rents 50%, 70%, whatever. No, no, like, how are you feeling? Were you guilty? Like, did you feel bad? I, or are they like,
2: wow, what a ass that yeah, guy is. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I did. I mean, you feel bad to an extent, but at the same time, you have to make them realize that it's not market rent. And this is market rent, Courtney. And it's, it's half a block away from campus. So, I mean. It's right there. It's a, it, Yeah, it's a four-bed, two-bath each side. So each, has, each side has four-beds, Four-bed, two
1: two-bath two bath duplex. Dang, those yeah. are big.
2: And so I said, you know, this is just kind of the deal. It's it is just the way it has to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, did they try to negotiate with you yet or be like, oh, well, what if we did this? And, you know. No. No, nothing.
2: Well, okay. yeah. The guy that knows upstairs knows that I'm not going to budge.
1: Got it. Okay. All
2: right. So, wow.
1: Aggressive. Coming out of the gate swinging. Um, okay. So, that was the feeling forward. What
2: would you learn from this uh, out, out, out of going through the deal? Uh, do your due diligence beforehand and yep. make sure everything's verified because we kind of let everything slide because – uh we had in the LOI that the rent or that the leases needed to be sent to us and all of, all of that due diligence paperwork needed to be done and that they needed to be notified. And I mean, we didn't really, I was very adamant on, you know, this is a good deal regardless of how we look at it because once I'm able to turn over the the units, then it'll be a great deal. Um, And so we just kind of, I kind of just let everything slide. And and I mean, even looking back on it, I would probably still do the same thing just because of how competitive the market is.
1: Well, yeah, it enabled you to get the deal. If you would have put up more of a resistance to the seller on stuff that you were demanding out of it, he might have been like, you know what, dude, pound sand. I'm gonna go just Well list and and, this that, and that
2: was my worry too, because once I get these units rented out for more, obviously my equity my equity goes way up. And it just it just is what it is. Yeah. And I mean and that and that's kind of the that's what kind of sucks about the value add that you can have, but that's also the benefit. Is that you is you're purposely seeking out units like this because you're able to get them at a discount.
1: Now, is this are, are these two units ones that you're going to have to re- do like a cosmetic remodel on
2: when you're when you get it back? Uh, no, there'll probably be nothing that I have to do to them. Okay, I, I might take out the carpet and put in luxury vinyl plank, but other than that, I mean, we're looking at no more than two thousand dollars per unit. Nice. To have so, at least twenty five bre- thousand dollars. Break, could break
1: the numbers down for
2: us. So you bought this thing
1: for two seventy 270, two seventy five. Two
2: seventy five? Yep. I put down fifty five thousand. I took a loan out for half of that. Okay. So the, so half of it I had cash, the other half uh the other half was loan out my Bitcoin.
1: Um, so you spent all your high V money and then uh, your Bitcoin uh leverage account is maxed out
2: right? essentially. Okay. So you found a creative way to come up so, with a down payment. So so yeah. So I I am extremely leveraged right now. Um but I mean the numbers I wouldn't do this if the numbers didn't work and the numbers are uh, phenomenal. I mean at, it it's a 20 it's over a 25% cash on cash return. I mean, you tell me where you're going to get that. <laughs> Okay. And, th- and that and that's, ta- that's taking that's taking so that's a fifty five thousand dollars down payment, and I mean if I, if I took that if I took that loan out of there and said you know I only actually put down thirty thousand I mean we're looking at a almost fifty percent cash on cash return.
1: Okay, so you're you're saying that your net income out of that property is going to be about thirteen grand ish a year. It, so you take the fifty five thousand dollars. So let's let's call it fifty just for round numbers. Okay. So fifty thousand dollars. Twenty five percent ROI on that, or on cash on cash return, is going to be twelve five, right? Yep. So twelve thousand five hundred bucks. If you put down fifty grand, you are going to get twelve five back in net income at the end of the year, and that's after taxes, insurance, operating expenses, all that. Yeah, it'll
2: probably be closer to fifteen grand a year. Nice, and and that's taken out for uh, repairs and capital expenditures.
1: Okay. And have you so what? Not was all right. So what do you do here for like? How much do you set aside for repairs? capital expense, anything like that? Do you have a reserve account set up? I, I don't know, have, I know you're, I knew you're kind of new into this, but like- I don't
2: that... have necessarily a, uh, a an account set up for that.
1: You don't have an Ethereum uh, account that you can <laughs> I, leverage?
2: I kind of think of my Bitcoin account as like my reserve fund. So, I mean, if something terrible was to happen, I can just tap into that and say, you know what, this is just how it is.
1: Until you lose your password.
2: Until I lose my dun, password. Dun, dun. Uh, but no, that's, that's kind of how I've gone about it. Because I mean, everything I make off these properties, I save regardless. Okay. because because I'm just looking to continue to build up build up uh cash and to so I'm able to buy another one. At this point I would I would never put money back in the stock market. No, never. You're out. Well, and so here, okay, so we'll go back into the failing forward. So to put into that perspective, when I was 19 years old, I had I put $10,000 in the stock market and in 2 days I made 11 grand. <laughs> so I was at $21,000. That's
1: just ridiculous. I mean,
2: and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a genius." Like, I am an absolute genius. Smartest guy in the room. Yeah, I was like, you want stock tips? No, I got stock yeah, tips. No, yeah, I was like, "You guys need something to call me." And so then literally, I don't know, 2 weeks later, I have this phenomenal idea. "Oh my gosh, there's this SPAC. They're going public with this electric vehicle company. These have been blowing up this summer, and they had leaked the news beforehand." And so the stock pro- so it had gone from $10 to $20 already. And then when they announced it, it was at like 18. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like it's gonna go to fifty, because that's what all these other ones had did. So I cashed out of everything in my stock account, put it all in this, took out as much uh as much leverage as T D Ameritrade would let me take out, put it all in this. I lost twelve grand in one day. <laughs> wow. Snap back to reality. Yeah, and I was like, Okay, maybe I'm not a genius. <laughs> Yeah. And so then so that's kind of what got me into real estate. I was like, okay, I need to find something that is not going to play with my emotions like this.
1: You know, uh, I, something just came to my mind. You know, uh, like uh, Ted used to be a bartender. I was a bartender. You know, the, you know the song Closing Time they always used to play? Oh, yeah. Closing time. time. Yeah, we got to do a little <laughs> – we always have to sneak a song in there even though we're not good singers. <laughs> anyway, uh, they always play that at the end of the night, right? And so we were bartenders and we saw like the good, bad, and the ugly, mostly the ugly at the end of the night. When they turn the lights on, that's when you see what people really look like, right? Because bar lighting is pretty good generally. And you're like, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> Where are she's going with it. I'll tell that's you. That's what I was wondering. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> no, what I'm saying
0: is. Oh, it's so inappropriate all the time. When
1: the markets come back, right? So the rising tide lifts all ships. So everybody looks like a freaking genius. When it's, uh, you know, 2021, 2022, like, market's high. I was really smart for what I did five years ago. When the markets snap back, that's when the lights come on at the end of the night at 2 a.m. in the bar. And you find out who's naked and who's wearing clothes because rising tide lifts all ships doesn't mean everybody's wearing the swimsuit, right? So that <laughs> yeah, I was guess that's, that's a, that's a good, good analogy. That's a good example of uh, of something that can happen when you, when you leverage heavily. Well, yeah, Ooh. and I
2: – you see that i caught it i think i think that was a good moment for me to for the
0: record there owen has spilled his coffee almost twice on the table now i have
1: well, i spilled th- it once i <laughs> think i have some italian in me somewhere because i always talk with my hands so, a lot you're so you're <laughs> still flamboyant with what's, your fingers what's surprising is that i haven't knocked anything over before today 26 episodes i'm yeah. kind of proud yeah.
0: honestly so, so back to you where where are we at <laughs> I do have a question I had to ask but let, let, let recap that question. Okay,
1: well, the question was uh well, I don't know if it was a question. I was just making a like you know snap, Oh, okay, okay. Snapshot. okay yeah, yeah, I know like, right. Yeah. So,
2: I think that was a really good moment for me to realize, okay, when it comes to, when I do get into this real estate thing, I need to make sure that the numbers are going to work and I'm not just buying stuff cuz oh, it's going to go to $20 tomorrow.
1: You're not banking on appreciation. You're, no, looking I at, don't. you're looking at the fundamentals So I, more.
2: D- I don't buy for appreciation. I buy for cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I know some people don't think that way. Um, but for me, this has been a huge uh, passive income sort of thing for me. Because, I mean, I'm, this year, I'm going to make more money off passive income than any of my friends will make at their jobs working 20, 30 hours a week.
1: What has that resulted in for you from your circle of friends that you know? Are they like, oh, that Drew, he's you know kind of weird. He buys stuff and whatever. <laughs> so- I don't know, but – like they're like I'll just work at hy V, dude. You do your thing. Yeah.
2: So, a lot of my friends have all been really supportive. Not that all of them understand what I'm doing, and a lot of them are like, "Dude, like you're 21 years old. Who cares? Do this when you're 40." Yeah. They're like, <laughs> "Just let's go to the bars." And I was like, "Well, I mean, we can do that too, but I'm going to do this." Um so I they my friends have been pretty supportive. I mean, I can't complain not that they necessarily understand what I'm doing.
1: So you have your real estate license now, yes? Yep. Residential license? Uh Or commercial? I do only commercial. Only commercial. Yep. Okay. How do, why mm-hmm. why did why did you end up landing there?
2: Okay, so Brandon Bennett, he's a realtor at Century 21. Is County. that a, is that an official shout out? That is an official shout out. So <laughs> so I I need to credit probably almost all of my success to Brandon. Okay um because brandon he might want a royalty after listening to this by the way <laughs> I, i'm sure he'll have something smart to say but brandon really took the time with me um when i was really getting into this to say okay here's how you do this here's the books to read um we're gonna go walk a bunch of properties and i don't and it, there there was no reason for him to take that much time on me and then we walked like 20 properties and i was like oh my gosh i feel terrible like, I don't, this isn't what I'm he looking for. He felt like for. he wasted his time. Yeah. And so then finally I was able to get a property. I'm like, okay, thank God. Like, he's <laughs> going to get compensated for what he did. And then he brought that off-market deal to me and we closed, or we, we we put it under contract as fast as we could. Um, But no. So Brandon really took the time with me. And so he told me, he goes, dude, why are you paying me to do this? I mean, not necessarily that he, I was paying him as the buyer, but he's like, dude, you can cash a commission off this if you just went and, get your, went and got your license. So I said, Okay. So I got my license the next month. and whoa, whoa, whoa. How did you do
0: that so fast?
2: Well, I just took the classes, and I took the test, and that was it. <laughs>
0: I don't think I've had an agent do that in under six months uh, on anybody
2: on my team. Oh, no kidding? No, I, yeah, it literally only took me probably two months. Because well, you had to think, I was I had already put in all the hours on learning this stuff. So, I, I understood everything already. So, I, I took those online van ed yeah, you,
0: you have so many credit hours you have to take.
2: Well, yeah, I took the online van ed classes and I just took the quizzes because I already knew everything. You just knocked that out. <laughs> and, so, and so, I took them and then I went and got my And so, I went and took the test. And it, I mean, not to try and sound cocky, but uh, they told me that I was the fastest person to ever take the test. She, she, i came out of there and she goes are, are you coming out for a break and i said no i'm done
0: it's that pre-med blood what?
2: Your... i i don't she's know like no i
1: just have to use the bathroom yeah you no, can't.
2: yeah and she's like wow did you did you pass and i was like yes i passed and she's like okay well we never had anybody do that that fast but congratulations so so then i so i had no plan on where to hang my license um and so i called my neighbor's a broker in columbus at remax and i called him and i said hey Uh, I just got my real estate license. What do I do now? And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, I got my license because this guy from Kearney who I was working with told me I should get my license. And he's like, well, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're going to be buying one, two properties a year, it's not worth it uh, with the amount of money that you're going to have into it. How about you just come sell with me? And I said, well, I guess never thought about that. Let's do it. Okay. Hang
1: on. I want to pause this for a second. What what type of uh, fees and what costs are you going to have on a monthly basis if you get your your commercial real estate license? Okay,
2: and I think that's a really good point to bring up because if if I had if I had ten dollars every time somebody told me they're going to get the real estate license, I, I don't think I'd have to be in real estate You'd anymore. You'd be in Bitcoin full time. <laughs> Got it. Um, but I think everybody thinks that getting your real estate licenses is just a super easy thing to do and it's super cheap and there's not gonna be any work that comes with it and all of your leads are just gonna come straight yeah, to you magic yeah and because everyone's like dude I'm, I'm gonna get into real estate too like it sounds so easy and I'm like dude it's not and it's expensive because I've probably got three four grand now and I haven't sold a single property or bought a single property so, and because I just started and because I so Okay. To rewind a little bit, this is back. This is last July, um, and I went to the broker at Remax in Columbus. He's like, "Come sell with me," and I was like, "Okay, I'll come sell with you." And he's like, "You can do this. Like, I believe in you." And I went there. And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to hang my license." I was working for Northwestern Mutual at the time as a like insurance intern or whatever. I did that. Okay, G- good program, but it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And. Anyways, they wouldn't let me activate my license because they said it was a conflict of interest. I was like, dude, I'm an intern. And they're like, yeah, it just is what it is. I said, okay, whatever. And so then- It's like, called
1: outside business activity, OBA. That's it, what it yeah. is.
2: Yeah. And so then in like November, I was like, okay, I'm done with Northwestern Mutual. I'm going to go back to Columbus and I'm going to start in January and I'm going to start selling residential real estate. And my my the guy who had been bringing me these deals in Kearney said, dude, our broker wants to talk to you. I said, what? Why? And he's like, he wants you to come work for us. I'm like, what am I going to be able to do? And so I went in there and talked to him, and he said, dude, don't go into residential, go into commercial investment. And so he kind of walked me through it, and eventually I said, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And so now I, and so that's a very shortened version of what is, why I'm there now. Can you
0: can you give somebody a, a really brief description of what commercial investment is versus residential?
2: So commercial investment is primarily you're looking at numbers. You're looking at you. You have clients who come to you and say, here's the numbers that I want, and that this is essentially what i'm looking for can you find it and so and i i don't know i i would not have been successful as a residential real estate agent because that's not how my mind works my mind is all numbers so i'm able to just so like i this past week i called on a guy from texas who owns real estate in carney i was like hey dude we need we're looking for properties we have a bunch of investors who are with us if the numbers work we'd like to give you an offer And he said okay so i mean I would. I don't know how I would get leads as a residential agent.
0: Well, I, I asked this because um, I run a bro- I, I run a team. Yep. And when I think commercial, you know, when I talk commercial, I, I'm my, my mind is big multifamilies, actual commercial bays. Yep. Know, that's commercial in my mind because I only work with investors predominantly. Hmm. So, but I don't look at that as commercial. Is that I feel a
1: job offer coming on here soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to step any toes. So, well, yeah, and that's the thing. I'm,
2: I'm at Century 21 and all these KW people, I listen, they're like, why is he at Century 21? <laughs> well,
0: you know, in town, generally, in, in no offense to anybody who's listening, but generally the, uh, the the people that are at Century 21 Remax are the older, you know, the that's generally the. Don't say it. The fifty it. the fifty to seventy no I yeah. gonna throw out your... people owen's age. Well that's not your age, you're in your forties. So yeah.
2: yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, because in Carney, uh our broker, he had bought the brokerage from people like that and he's completely turned it around we're people our... like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know how to say it, I don't know how to say it any nicer. And so he uh he bought the brokerage and he has turned it into kind of more of a young and... Uh, Vibrant. Yes, yes, like that. And energetic. Very energetic. Beautiful. And, and, yes. Yeah. Go-getters.
0: Go-getters, because when you get to their 50s, you're not go-getter anymore.
2: Well, I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean. Oh, it's not like
0: 50. just so. need some
2: Red Bull, man. Exactly. Get it, and it gives you wings. Yeah, and then you got to use the bathroom two times during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Touche.
0: Hey, I do, I do have a question for you. If you could go back and give yourself advice when you were like 20 years old and you're Last just going to start, what would
2: you say? <laughs> Uh, think bigger sooner. Think bigger sooner. Because when I... when I I love it. I, I knew
0: he was going to have something good for me there. Because when I started out,
2: I was like, dude, I'm only buying single-family houses. I'm not... I, I don't want to deal with duplexes or anything bigger. And now my mind is only like, I would never touch a single-family house. Interesting. But, I mean, every, and everybody's got their little niche that they want to be in. But to me, a single-family house doesn't make as much sense for the... For just... For the return I'm getting on my duplexes and higher, it just doesn't make sense for me to even touch a single-family house. I, I beg to differ, But, I, but I, I will agree with you. You can there, make the numbers deals. work on anything. Deals. Yes, it depends on the numbers. But I think it's e- – in my opinion, in my market, and what I am good at – I think that it is easier for me to go with anything besides a single family house.
0: I can't think that real estate's a transition. Like you, and, and we talked about this in previous episodes. I'm sure over the last twenty six of them or so. But when the people I work with personally, you know, there's a lot of people start off with a single family and maybe a specific part of town. They upgrade to a never part of town, and then they're like, "Oh, wait, maybe I want my first multifamily." And then they start selling off the other stuff. They go to the multifamily. It's like it's like a class. You know, this was here's King garden. Here's middle school. Here's high school, and guess what? Now I'm in college, and I guess multi multi Now, Owen, you got hundreds of properties, and you have a, vi- oh, a, a various mix of properties. You have single families, multi commercial, mixed what, use. What's your What's your advice for Drew uh, right now, and well, the statement that he just made? Well, what I, what I was going to ask next is, <clears throat> so you're in a town of
1: thirty thousand people, and you have your commercial broker's license, right, or your commercial uh, salesperson license? Yep there's only so many commercial buildings. Like, how do you, like, how are you going to make enough money to have that even make sense for you to hang on to that?
2: Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up. And so, I mean, if I have somebody come, that uh, comes to me and I mean, they're a good friend and they say, Hey, we list my residential house. I, I'll, I'll list it or, or I'll help them find something. So if you're
1: commercially licensed or if you're a commercial real estate salesperson, you can also sell residential. Is that what you're saying?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, you just have your license. Okay. Got it. So I it's mean, not,
1: it's not different. Okay.
2: Um. Okay, so what was the question?
1: The question was, uh, what? Why is it, is it worth doing that in a small town? Like, what do you see Okay, in the okay, future yeah, for yeah. you?
2: So, okay, so I'm glad that you brought that up. So we've had a huge uh, – in Kearney, it's, we have a lot of people who are going out of town to find different brokerages who specialize in commercial to sell their properties. And so that's been a huge thing of people who are getting kind of mad. And Kearney, like, well, we hired this company out of Omaha or Lincoln, and no offense to you guys. Um, but they don't even come out. Done taken. Yeah, but they don't even come out to the property, and they don't help us with anything. Like they, they don't even make the trip out here, and then they're listing our property for two million dollars. And it doesn't seem like they're working for their commission. And then, and then we end up coming in there and selling the place for them. Got it. Okay. Um, and so that's that's been a big thing. But I mean, we are looking to expand outside of Carney. Um, to those those other markets. I so, mean, so, Grand you, so you
0: can be the guys that are watching from a distance and don't get... exactly. <laughs> I, I I can come and start sealing all yeah. Ted's
2: listings and just start doing that. But but yeah, that's a good point that you bring up.
1: No, Drew, you're you're in your junior year right now.
2: So yeah, I'm a junior at Carney.
1: Okay, so once you graduate, uh, so in twenty twenty three in the spring, you're gonna get your uh four year degree, right? You're gonna be business administration with uh, finance, yep, with finance uh, emphasis. You're gonna have your commercial real estate license. What are
2: you going to do after that? So, I think that's a that, that's another good question. I I don't know. And <laughs> the reason I say that is because if you had told me 2 years ago what I was doing last year, I would have said you're crazy. I I'm a, I'm premed. Um. Yeah, and so th- and if you had told me last year that hey, some, somebody got a bloody nose, and you're like, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and if you would have told me last year, you would have said, Hey, you're going to be a commercial agent at Century Twenty One and Carney, and you're going to be focusing on only commercial, and you're also going to have two properties with four doors, and you're also going to be working with some guys in North Carolina trying to buy uh, big apartment buildings. I would have said, Nah, dude, you're crazy. Um. So I I don't I I'm, I'm just waiting to see how I grow because, and that, that, I mean, that's, that's my game plan here is because I don't know what this year has in store for me, but I mean, I I think it's a huge mentality thing because you have to just, you have to just be a huge go-getter to go do these things. You have to have the drive and you have to do the will. And that, and that's kind of my thing is that I'm, I'm just extremely driven. I I love to work. I love real estate. And and so that's just kind of what I focus myself around, but I, I don't know what the, I don't know what next year has in store for me.
1: When you, uh, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, so I think you, how did we originally connect?
2: Was it through Bigger Pockets? No. So so I was like, so this was back in December, I think. And I said, oh, well, I want to start going to these real estate meetups, but I don't know where any of them So I connected with you on LinkedIn and I said, hey, Owen, my name's Drew. Uh, you got any good meetups that I can come to around find, Omaha? How,
0: how do you find them on LinkedIn? Like what? What's,
2: so I literally just looked up real estate and Omaha, Nebraska. And so Owen was one of them that came up, and he connected with me right away. That's awesome. And so I saw that he had, is it Red Ladder? Mm-hmm. And then Liquid Lending, and I said, okay, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. And so, yeah, I just messaged you on LinkedIn. And
1: uh, so I had I had mentioned about the RIA and the Omaha Real Estate Meetup, yep, and, then, and, and then what happened after that? And so
2: then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the next RIA. And so I drove down here. Three fr- hours. From Kearney, yeah. And I came to the RIA, and I paid the $20 to get in and stuff. And I- thank, you. I, thank I, you for that i i i mean to put it lightly i was shitting bricks i i walked in there and i was like oh my gosh were you, nervous? Were you super nervous oh i was so nervous I, I didn't know anybody there you went by yourself yeah Who is the who was the speaker uh, it was the night of the hotel. Hotel uh, syndicate. Oh, uh-huh. no, that was yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. The hotel panel. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I walked in there not knowing a soul, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, how do I? How do I talk to people?"
0: So, guys, there there were probably a hundred and twenty people no, there. No, not that one because we we transitioned locations. Uh huh. So we had about ninety at that one. Okay. Yeah. So
1: right, yeah, we'll call it ninety people. Uh, so you walked in, room full of people. You're like, I'm from three hours away. I don't know anybody here. What yeah. did you do? How did, how did you make that night work?
2: So I literally, what I did was I stood there and I saw Ted talking to somebody. And so I walked up to him. And I was like, hey, Ted, my name's Drew. I know that you run this. I've been listening to your guys' podcast and I, I, I think it's really good. And he's like, well, I really appreciate it, man. Like, what can I do to make it better? And I was like, well, have me on. <laughs> I, did, I didn't say that. Didn't, uh, but And then I got to talking to Ted and then he introduced me to you um and then from there i was like okay well now i've made connections with the two guys who run this thing and now what do i do and so i literally just went and sat down at a table and so people came and sat down and i met marty and marty, marty mcguire yep. Yep. yep and then uh chase bits and adam yep. came and sat down oh yeah they've been, and, on, yeah, she's so, been on here and so i yeah and what I good table sit at. Yeah, and, yeah. She, and Shay's from Columbus, and we had never met before. Oh or wow, anything, okay. But I knew yeah. that she was from Columbus, and she worked at KW, and so did I, you
0: listen to her podcast prior to that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, "Hey Shay, I'm Drew Aruba. I know everything about you, but you don't know who I am." <laughs> and she looks at me, and she goes, "Stalker?" Yeah, alert.
0: she's like, Are "You stalker." And your husband's like, "What?" <laughs> the heck? Yeah.
2: And so anyway, so I sat at that table and I made connections with those people, and uh and then when I left, I talked to both of you guys again, and Ted had said, "Hey." Uh, you know, we're always looking for new places to start meetups. And so then I sent you guys both an email and was like, Hey, like I want to start a meetup in Kearney. There's nothing like this in central Nebraska. Like, let's get this going. And Ted's like, okay, well, how about you come on the podcast and we'll talk about it. Yeah. And,
1: I think that's, su- th- this is a great story. Don't you? I mean, well, and I was, just you could take this and make kind of a case study out of it. Like you live in a, in, in a market that's not worth stuff is happening, like where there's meetups and you know, if it's a smaller market, uh, uh-huh. You reached out, you were proactive, you came, you were, you know, crapping your pants, as you said. Well, and it was funny because
2: it was literally, it was the day after I had turned 21, too. So I was like... And, <laughs> well, that was good timing coming to a meetup. Yeah. And so it was literally the day after I turned 21. And then the next day, we were leaving at eight... We were leaving at like seven o'clock in the morning to go skiing in Colorado. Oh, wow. And I was oh, like... Nice. And I was Burn, like, you were burning the candle both ends. Well, uh, yeah. And I was like, I, I got to make this a priority if I'm going to make my real estate career happen.
1: Yeah. Dude, I love it. I I mean... You're sitting here right now, and uh, you know whatever this leads to. But I mean, you get more recognition, you get your name out there a little bit more. It can lead to other connections that you had no idea you might, uh, you know, you might be able to gain out of this. So, yeah, I love it. I, I I just think it's a good case study for those that are new into the business, wanting to grow, but they're maybe a little bit apprehensive about meeting other people. You did it anyway, right? Yeah. You drove three hours, so people are like. Oh, I can't go to the meetup. I have kids stuff and whatever. And I get it. Like we've talked about this multiple times, but like it's one night a month. Make it happen. Yeah, get here. And, and, and when you Ted... know, like you live in West Omaha. Other people who are like, I can't drive. It's downtown. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. This guy just drove three hours and made it happen. Yeah. He was skiing the next day in Colorado. Uh-huh. Get, come on.
2: And when I and when I called Ted then after the meetup or after the meetup, I was like, Yeah, hey, I want to start a meetup in Kearney. He's like, well, dude, we actually just had a speaker cancel on us. Like, how about did you just come be on the podcast? And I was like, dude, I can't be on the podcast. Like, I'm not, I'm not good at real estate. And he's and, like, dude, you're doing stuff at your age that nobody's doing. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, still, it's not that impressive. And you guys are like, no, like, it's impressive. I
1: think you'd be surprised that I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that newer investors offer almost more value than really really experienced ones and i mean that because well, yeah. i think that you're more relatable for uh-huh. a lot of people that are looking to get into this business or are
0: trying to find their way mm-hmm. would you agree with that ted what are, what are your thoughts uh, i mean here's the deal I mean, this is where my mind's going right now you did you listen to mike schlickburn's podcast i haven't no okay listen to mike schlickburn's podcast he's been a buddy of mine for a long time and you know where i'm going with this but at, when we were all partying i don't remember he's like 22 i think you know we were all partying have a great time and mike bought his first duplex in downtown omaha mike is now 45 he has a he owns schlick construction orange property management uh he's uh half owner of dbg realty group he dream investing you know, ca- started a fund.
1: a fund uh, they capital do a syndications. his wife was his
0: was his igniter and you you've already done so much and you By the age of 21, do you have any clue where you're going to be in the next 20 years? I mean, Mike's a multimillionaire and you're doing this at 2021 and you're already stepping way above where he was at that age. So the reason I wanted you on this podcast so much is because I'm so impressed because not literally 0.1% of the world has the same mentality and drive that you have at your age. Owen and I did not have this drive. We were partying and drinking until we're at the point where we're in 30 and we're like, hey, we probably should do something with our life right now. <laughs> you know, and we both owned our own businesses and did things and we were successful in our own rights. But you have taken it to the complete next level. And I'm completely impressed and shocked by what you've produced by and the fact that you want to do your own meetup and you and you got your real estate license and you're still going to college. And and yeah, I mean, I'm I am just completely. And utterly blown away, and you're not giving yourself credit um, because you're not seeing it. But I know for a fact that if I'm this blown away, your parents are extremely proud of you, and and I and anybody around you that's in your circle right now that's listening to this podcast as I speak right now, because you're going to have every one of your closest friends listening to you right now. They're going to look up to you for the rest of your life, and they're going to want to. They're going to want to. They're going to lift you up. And your friends are going to be so impressed with you. And I, I see it with, with all sincerity. You are going to do amazing things. And you will be a big deal.
2: Well, I appreciate that, man. Dead serious. Well, I, and I think it needs to be said that like you can do this at any age. And you can do it without having money. I think that needs to be. Like, but
0: that, That's why you're here right now.
2: <laughs> yeah i know because and, because you are you're you're,
0: you're living proof uh,
2: yeah and i mean you you don't have to have you don't have to have two bitcoin in order to start investing in properties i think that needs to be a big thing too you it's, need four now yeah, <laughs> I, and that, oh, yeah
0: now that it's down 50 percent from its eyes you, say, you <laughs> saved and there's so many you don't have kids and stuff but there's us that have kids that we are gonna use, we're going to we're going to use this as fire to bring our kids up I'm gonna make an can I
1: make an analogy here? So there's a meme that goes around uh, a real estate investing meme that it's uh, basically like, can you imagine playing the game of Monopoly and only passing Go and that's all you did your entire game? I love all that you analogy. did was all, all you did was pass Go and collect your paycheck and that was all you did. When you're starting at 21 year 20 years old and getting into real estate. There are foundation, there's a foundation in real estate investing that you have to build when you first start. That Everybody does. You build that and then you layer on and layer on and layer on. And if somebody is your same age and they're going through life and you guys are getting older, right? They're going to make more money with their job. They're going to spend more money the more money they make. You might do the same thing. You're going to make more money the more successful you are in commercial real estate or whatever you happen to do with this. But if you keep buying assets that cash flow and appreciate, and by the time you reach 30, 40 years old, you're going to have millions of dollars of assets. And they're going to have a 401k where they probably put 6% of their income into and nothing else other than a house full, a house maybe, and a bunch of material stuff that has no value. Uh, no, what, do you, what do you say to that?
2: I completely agree. Uh, I, I, I hate 401ks. Uh, I mean, and that's probably bad to say, but I, Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad always says, those are the riskiest investments you can make. I mean, when I'm getting a 25% cash on cash return and on a duplex in Kearney, Nebraska, it's like, dude, anybody can be doing this. It's, you have to look at it from, you have to look at it from that way, bet on yourself.
1: Anybody can do it that is willing to put in that the is work willing to put in the and work the and has the drive. So I think that's the caveat, and and that's I, and I know you know that, but I just want to fill that in because anybody can do it, but almost nobody will do
2: it. Yeah, and I because and, it takes well, work, and it goes back to everybody being like, "Dude, I'm gonna get into real estate when I'm older," or like, "I'm gonna get my license, my real estate license," and it's like, "Why don't you just do it now?" Like, Cause, cause, what's stopping you?
0: Because people don't know that you can get it now. I told you this before. I thought you had to do all types of sales before you get real. Estate. Yeah, you said that. I had no, I had no idea about this. I I thought you had to become a salesperson and sell, you know, electronics or car stereo systems. And then I thought you had to become a car salesman. And then I thought you had to, you know, I thought it was like something you had to graduate to before they would even hire you to be a real estate agent. You know, and it, and it's back to the fact that you you have a whole different mentality, and and that's why you will be so successful.
1: You know what. <clears throat> You're like, oh, I don't know if I can get on this podcast and add any value. Guess what? We're coming up on an hour and 45 minutes of talking, <laughs> and it's great stuff, and that's an inspiring story, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of people are going to get value out of this and, and root for you, so I'm glad you came on. Um, we're winding up uh, with our time here. We're almost out of time. Let's get into the OT with Owen and Ted.
0: So this is a series of quick questions we have. Um, we call this a, kind of like our speed round. So just give us some uh, thoughts that you have. And uh, Owen, you want to ask the first question? You bet. All right. How were you able to change your mindset
1: to get started in real estate investing?
2: Uh, it goes back to going into business. And so I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that's really what fired me up. So probably like 90% of people or something like that. It's Rich Dad Poor Dad that got him fired up.
1: Now your Century Twenty one broker is the one who told you about that originally. Yes?
2: Uh no, it was it was uh, the other agent in the office. Okay. Brandon. Got yeah, it. Brandon Bennett. And I might have I I read Rich Dad Poor Dad before he uh before he had told me that. Um I don't really to be completely honest with you, I don't know why I ever bought that book and read it. But I read that book and I was like, Oh my gosh. How old were you? Twenty and i was like actually no i was 19 mm-hmm. and i was like oh my gosh dude what am i doing with my life <laughs> i was like i need to start buying assets and so i was like okay i'm going to buy a house and so then when i turned 20 that's when i put that post on facebook i was like yo is anybody looking to sell their places i want to buy <laughs> and then he and then brandon obviously reached out to me but that book is that book is life changing because that just completely that rewires how you think
1: do you think anybody that's listening to this has never read rich, Port, rich dad poor dad yes
0: uh, really yes i mean why do you think colin gets away two books at every one of his meetups yeah well i don't know because he can well, it's believe. funny
2: because one of my buddies came <laughs> to that last meetup and he took the rich dad poor dad book i was like you haven't read that well no it's like dude what are you doing you need to read that
0: yeah uh, you know who put that book in my hands uh jay morales jay morales who's yeah. that he's uh he was in at the time he's an insurance guy Okay. Yeah, Uh, he was Jay Towers on Sweet Ninety Eight back in the day, (laughs) and I and there's another life I was a I was an insurance man for American Family, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of jobs I've done, and uh, so yeah, I I worked with Jay Morales, and he put that book in my hand for the very first time. He said, "Do you got to read this?" What's the worst job you've ever had? I um I cleaned office buildings um at between like uh one and five in the morning uh in between doing nightlife and carpet cleaning and and working at pizza hut pizza hut yeah i was a i was a shift manager at pizza hut i was a partner with omaha com. i uh, i cleaned office buildings and i worked for adams chem Dry doing carpet cleaning all at the same time
1: wow what's what's your worst <laughs> job that you ever had
2: uh you guys are gonna laugh at this but the putt putt golf course putt-putt. in columbus nebraska <laughs> because dude you literally just went there and you sat in a chair and you Oh, that'd be so and, boring. And that that was the thing for me. It's like I can't I I can't sit still. I like I hate I hate just sitting there and doing nothing. And mm. so that was another that was like a big thing where I didn't want to go into engineering. Because I was like, dude, I'm just gonna sit behind a computer all day. I'm gonna hate my life. Now imagine
1: that mindset and you don't have a phone that you can do anything on <laughs> or any other podcasts or electronics, none of that exists. That's what Ted and
3: I grew up with. <laughs>
0: so well i used to read lots of keep books it in there, perspective so, I mean, here it, yeah you know you know actually my worst job thing about it was is I, I i did concrete for a little bit oh that's and, a tough job and in uh, the very fr- the very first wheelbarrow of concrete i got i i dropped it on the side <laughs> <laughs> like my coffee <laughs> yeah and all, the, all these guys are just looking at me and laughing at me i'm like, I'm like oh man yeah. anyway that's funny <laughs> um what is
2: uh your passion or hobbies that you have uh okay, so besides real estate, uh I really I'm a big Bitcoin guy. I don't really I don't do anything for it besides just I if you talk to any of my friends, I'll be like, dude, all he ever talks about is Bitcoin and real estate. It's annoying. And I'm like, dude, you gotta buy some. Uh but anyways, besides that uh, I'm really big into kind of water sports, uh, not really, I guess, skiing, wakeboarding. And then uh, the Loop River in Columbus, we ride four-wheelers on there. So that's a big thing in the summers. And then uh, snow skiing. Oh. I have a season pass out to Colorado, and so I, I spend a lot of time out there.
0: Where do you like to go skiing
2: at? Uh, Vail's my favorite. Vail's your favorite. I was a big copper guy before yeah. last year, and then my cousin took me to Vail and was like, dude, Vail's place to be.
0: <sighs> you know what my favorite mountain out there, and I used to go skiing a lot when I was your age, was uh, Winter Park.
2: I've never been. Yeah, it was, that was like my spot
0: mount crescent's where i roll uh
1: that's a what a great place what is uh, what is your favorite <laughs> podcast or podcasts
2: uh beer pockets I, I so but multifamily mentors uh by terrence doyle and chris lopez i think everybody should check them out if you're looking to, i've never heard of them yeah, uh, either. We'll i mean check that, out. It, that is a podcast if you're looking to go really big and start getting into syndications that's a good place to be but i mean if you i would say bigger pockets would just be a great place to start
0: I'm just waiting for the day that somebody's listening to Bigger podcasts and they're like, "Oh, what's your favorite podcast?" Oh, Real
1: Radio. Real Rea Radio. Real Radio. Radio Rea awesome. is a close second.
0: <laughs> can, you, can you do me a favor when you get on Bigger Pockets, which is probably going to happen? Can you just go ahead and say that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that the, you're like, awesome. what's your
2: what's your favorite podcast? Real Radio in <coughs> yes. Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. <laughs> Love uh-
0: it. What is the book you would suggest to a new investor or an established investor getting over the hump, and the hump could be getting their first property or or maybe the next step would begin in the commercial or whatever.
2: Not so, uh, Rich Ed Ported okay. would be my biggest thing. And then if you're looking to get in the syndications, uh, the book by Joe Fairless. Got it.
1: Love it. How can your uh, actually? Let me ask this a different way. Like we talked about, what are you looking for in your business right now, and what's the best way to reach you?
2: Um. So I mean, right now, what I'm trying to accomplish is I want to do a four. I want to house hack a fourplex in Carney. Um, so, I mean, if anybody's got any leads on any fourplexes in Kearney, give me a call. Um, I'm also trying to get into the syndication game. What if it's
0: Lexington, Nebraska, which is right on the road? Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. I'm just thinking about surrounding towns. Yeah, <laughs> <area. laughs>
2: well, then I, because I want to, I want to use one of those loads. I want to use like an FHA or like a load conventional on it. And I don't want to drive from Lexington every day. Got it. Um,
0: but you'll drive to Omaha. Smells for too bad, yeah, I'll drive to Omaha.
2: <laughs> uh, and I mean, as I'm getting into the syndication game, I mean, I'm really just looking to connect with other people who are have the same mindset um but that's my biggest thing
0: that's great i I actually really appreciate that
2: what was the other question
0: uh how can how can our listeners reach you
2: okay uh you know best way to reach me is by phone number or my email phone number is 402-910-7727 uh my email is gmail.com and uh honestly i'm really active on linkedin even though as ted said it's old but uh yeah, reach reach out to me on there. I, I love LinkedIn. I, I mean, think it's a great place to connect with people. I'm
0: actually glad you say this because I literally was gonna delete my LinkedIn page yesterday. Were you really?
2: I'm like I, I just I don't use it and I just get spammed so much on it. I, I, it uh, that's true. You do. You just have to avoid that stuff. I mean, because and Twitter. I you know I'm not very. I don't like. I don't really connect either. with people on Twitter. But I've learned so much from Twitter. And I, I this is terrible to say, but I feel like I've learned more from Twitter than I have from college. Yeah. But just because if you follow the right people and you get in the right groups on both LinkedIn and Twitter, it's it's crazy the people that you can meet and network with. Because all of those people who are active on those sites are active because they want to help people and they're looking to meet with like minded people. That's how I met with that's how I met with those guys from North Carolina. And because and I when I first met with him, he said, "You know, we're putting together a mastermind. It's only like fifteen people." And I said, "Well, I mean, I'd like to be a part of it." And he's like, "Well, you got," and he's he's like, "Well, you got to tell me. Like, we do like kind of a vetting process." So you need to kind of tell me what your goals are, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to vet you too because I don't know if I want to pay five thousand dollars for this." So that's another thing is I'm paying five thousand dollars to be part of this mastermind, um, so I can further get into this syndication game. Do they take Bitcoin? <laughs> they take PayPal, and I, uh, <laughs> I, I told them I said I don't think PayPal is probably the best thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll I'll transition. We'll transition to Bitcoin. You'll work. You'll uh, workshop
0: that. There's so many twenty one year olds investing in, yeah. in in their in their real estate career and joining right? five thousand dollar masterminds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um God, but, mind blowing. Yeah, well that was, that was that's a lot of money to cough up. I mean, as you're 21 years sure. old. And but I said, you know, if I'm gonna get serious about this, I mean that's that's what I gotta do. Um but I mean that that has been a great thing. Um and so it's actually funny because I looked at the people who are in that mastermind, um, because we start next week, and every single one of them is like a big investor. And then there's me. And and so when I had joined it, Tim had said, dude, uh, like we really think what you're doing is really cool. Nobody else is doing this when you're 20. Uh, we, we want you to be part of this and we want to get some deals done.
1: Fearless social media networking. Yeah. Reaching out to other cities to help add to your network. Yep. Attending events that get you out of your comfort zone, but you do it anyway. Yep. And leveraging your internal network of the city you're from and the city you live in to help grow your portfolio. Yeah. I love it.
2: You got to get really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Hey, gosh, that, that first meetup, man, that, that was intimidating, especially being there by myself. And like some of my buddies like to come now because yeah, I, I, can't cause I told them about it. And they're like, yeah, dude, like we want to come and we want to learn about this stuff. But like, do that first one, that, that, that's intimidating, especially being the youngest guy in the room. Yeah, and now you went to another one, right? Like you were uh, the youngest. My son, my son was there.
0: <laughs> was he there? Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Car- Carson's the mogul uh, in waiting here. So. He, he's cute, so like he he gets all these people to come up to him. and I'm just sitting there, like I can be cute too. <laughs> I, I think that was the I
0: think that was the meetup that he first met you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yep. He was like starstruck, <laughs> Owen. <laughs> all right. Okay. Anyway, um, hey. It, it, First off, any shout-outs you want to give before we finish up today?
2: Uh, biggest shout-out is obviously to the guy who's kind of led me through all of this, which is Brandon Bennett. I work with him at Century 21. He was my agent last year. Uh, my, that, that's probably my biggest shout-out. Obviously, got to shout-out my dad for taking a chance on me and co-signing on these loans and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, shout-out to you guys for also taking a chance on me and for helping me network in Omaha.
0: You know, I don't think your dad – I think. I think your dad's smart enough that he knew he really wasn't taking a chance. At well, yeah. I think yeah, he, yeah, that's I think, fair. I think he knew what he, was, what he was investing in.
2: I know. And I mean, I've gotten to the point now where it's like I'm independent of what I'm doing. And I mean, I don't, I don't call my dad every time I'm making a big decision. Like, yo, here's what I'm doing. Because like I have buddies who are 22, 23 years old. And they're like, well, my, parent probably won't be, my parents probably won't be very happy if I do this. Or like they probably won't be very happy if I make this decision. I'm like, dude, you're 22 years old. You need to start thinking for yourself. Cut the cord. Yeah. I'm like, if you don't start thinking for yourself, how are you ever going to make it? And I mean, that was a big thing for me is because like my parents aren't in real estate. I mean, I had to make the decision like, I'm going to do something different. And I mean, it just goes back to that mental mindset.
1: Well, I think uh, being a parent is a lot like being a boss of employees. So you have them, you don't want somebody that's going to come to you with problems constantly. You want people that are going to come to you with a problem and tell you how they solved it yep. or salute potential solutions to the problem. let get, let get them thinking. So yep. I like, I like that you said that. Well,
0: with that, I think we, it's time to say, thank you so much for making the trip. Thank you for a great podcast I think that, honestly, um, to, be full, to be fully transparent, I didn't think this would be go past an hour. <laughs> 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 Sorry about almost uh, soiling your clothes with my yeah, spilt coffee. Okay. But uh, I, I knew, and I always say this, you know, I, I, I try to bring people in that uh, will shout uh, or wow us and shock us and – I I I'm always like, well, if I know if I if if that person wows me, and I know that they're going to wow Owen, I know that the listeners are going to be uh, totally into it. So, um, I was hundred percent on with you, and um, and thank you so much for being part of this. And I and I am so excited to see uh, you grow.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, guys.
0: <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, if you're listening to us uh, and you're enjoying the content, please give us a review. Um, check us out on com or riaradio.com, uh for all of our events and things coming up. Um, do have a couple? We've been getting so many reviews, so I, it's so appreciative. But I do have a review that's a little unique for us today, Owen. Um, we have Mike in Texas. You read, oh, did no. Did you read this one? No, go ahead. I want to hear it. It says, whether you're a new investor or seasoned season one, this is a must listen for someone who's interested in real estate investing. It seems like I always learn something from listening to Ted and Owen. Initially, I thought the podcast wouldn't pertain to me because I live in Texas. I was way off. It will help any investor in any real estate market. The podcast has really opened my eyes to different ways to invest and how I grow my business. Thank you guys for making this and keep up the great work. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Our, that, is it Mike? Mike? Mike. Mike from Texas. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's our, a great review. That's our first one, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so this – and I got one more because this is that super long one that I didn't read last time. And, uh, and and not saying that this is bad Omaha girl, but Omaha girl. says content, knowledge growing. Uh, this is such a wonderful podcast with a very applicable content. I love hearing from the boots-on-the-ground investors on how they get started in their journey and how they are always improving what they are doing. As a newer investor myself, I struggle and how to get started. The reoccurring theme that comes through is that uh, just to get started and on the job on-the-job training is the best kind of training. Everyone flubs along the way, but sometimes we learn more from our mistakes than we do from our victories. The important thing is how do we recover? And their guests have always been open to and hosted to let the uh, and hosted to let the listeners know they're always growing and learning along the way. This podcast also offers content for any kind of real estate investor. They focus on single family, multifamily, apartments, flipping, and everything in between. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone doing real estate investments, and the golden nuggets are great. I always want to say great. I want to like Tony Tiger and great. (laughs) And I love the dynamics between Ted and Owen and our guest speakers. That truly makes it entertaining to listen to. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you for the informative review. We really appreciate it. Thanks, listeners. Great ones. I love hearing some from out of state uh, people because, you know, know, we're trying to expand to more of a national feel. We want to be all grows up. All grows up. (laughs) Well, you know, so without any further ado i think it's time that i give owen the mic and let him finally see us out of here so owen mr hey i almost want to say like uh what's that what thing i'm I want to say is, um owen you should just leave this part to me tonight. okay okay well owen with that how about see us the way out of here.
1: On behalf of Ted Kosh and Rhea Radio, I'm Owen Dashner and you've been listening to Drew the LinkedIn legend. Legend Zaruba
3: Aruba. signing off.